Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 227. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, last night, me, Keith, and uh, uh, the crew of comedians and people that we know mutually went out to a comedy show. Um, the comedy show was starring Alito. What's his last name? Alito Iglesias? Mm-hmm. Alito Iglesias and... Uh, Demarie Johnson, formerly uh, well known as DJ, we've had yeah. him on the podcast what fucking four times. Yeah, he's a he's a regular. On yeah, the pod. He's, yeah, he's been on here four or five times. Okay, it was the initial time, then the next time with the crew, then the third time after Kobe passed, and then the other uh, and the other time like a, a year ago. So he's mm-hmm. been on here four times. Mm-hmm. He'll definitely be on here again. Yeah. Um, they did a fucking great job. The, they've grown a lot as comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, they they captivated the audience. They engaged the audience. They did a really good job. I can't say anything about the stand up any in any specifics. You know, I respect their craft. I'm not going to give their jokes away. Yeah, but it was fucking hilarious. DJ had some really um, unique takes, um, mm-hmm. and I, this is all I can tell you. He has some very unique takes on people in wheelchairs. That is all I can say. <laughs> so many different takes on wheelchair people. Um, yeah. And I think that it, you would laugh your ass off for sure. Yeah. I think a person in a wheelchair would laugh at those fucking jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. DJ is really good. DJ is like, um, obviously, uh, you know, when we talking, we'll get into what, what TK, TK brought to the table. But um, when you kind of put them up against each other, obviously TK is like yeah, se- super seasoned. 30 years, dude. Yeah. Come on. But when you look at DJ, he's just like a raw talent. Yeah. He's like, dang, if you just, once you get to that, once you get 20 years in, once you get 10 years in, once you get eight, seven, whatever the case, once you get that many years in, um, you know, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. I think that, like, for example, we've been doing this podcast over four years. So obviously we don't have any scripts or anything written down. We just have what's in our mind and we can talk and captivate people by telling a story in a certain way or sharing an experience or talking about things. And it's just like, it's like breathing after a while. You do this shit so much, it's yeah. just too easy. Yeah. Right? A lot and, of people And we've been on like other podcasts. Right. Like we've done a podcast individually. I've done like I think only one podcast outside of this one. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we and it's like you kind of go walk into those situations with more confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I know I'm gonna bring it. Anywhere mm-hmm. I go, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna yeah. represent myself and this podcast. Very well. Mm-hmm. There's some people that just in regular conversation get tripped up. They're like, uh, uh, I mean, like, uh, uh, I'm retarded. Like, <laughs> I already knew that, but yeah. what happened, sir? Right? <laughs> yeah, great fucking show last night, man. Great show. Mm-hmm. Great job. Lots of big asses there, too. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to the big asses out there. A lot of, lot of very attractive black and brown women there. Keith mm-hmm. can't comment on that because he's, he's in a relationship. Yeah, but as far kidding. as I can see it, yes, there's a lot of very attractive, thick black and brown women there. Um, yeah. I think uh, I'm looking um, for somebody to sponsor right now. <laughs> a little bit of extra money. Yeah. The uh the I think the dope thing about it was the um one it was a, a lot of black people in there. Right. Um two and it, it just was like a, a packed out event. Shout out to Clyde C Mac yeah. Productions. Yeah, C Mac Productions. Um, Great he's job. doing he's doing like probably like the premier shows in Bakersfield when it comes oh, yeah. to comedy. Um, he brought out DC Young Fly to the Fox, and he's bringing out a, um, some more um, and a couple other people. Like he's he's a guy that he seems to genuinely care about putting on good comedy shows. Yeah, um, the venue was nice. You know what I mean? It wasn't no drama in there. And the and the the good thing about it too is the crowd he brings out is kind of the 
I would say like late thirties and up. Excuse me. Older, like the older black people in Bakersfield. And it ain't no drama, it ain't nothing. It's just people in there having a good time and just want to laugh. Um, so he's doing. I think he's doing an amazing job of just kind of bringing a culture here. Yeah, I just like, want to just know, follow him right show. now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shout out to him, man. Great Clyde. job. Shout out to Clyde. Yeah, he, he a real hustler too. I think he was doing some Uber at one point in time. He putting on shows. He, you know what I mean. He do any any and everything to to keep it going. He so. one of the niggas like, oh, I, I do open heart surgery. <laughs> like, what the hell? The the DJ <laughs> the DJ DJ Ace. Uh, he seen me uh, recording. You know, ca- catching some like clips and behind the scenes stuff to put together a highlight thing. Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Yo, man, like you know, we can link up. I could get you some gigs. Like I'll be shooting stuff all the time." He was like, "Follow me on my page." He was like, "If you see on my page, I do, I do it, I do it all, man. This is me right here. I just baked this cake earlier. <laughs> this is me right here too. I clean carpets." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, some people just hustlers. Bro. They just do it all, man." Like, like I told you when I was telling you, I was like, "Like Mexican people, they be hustling, bro." Yeah. That'd be like, hey, hey, hit my, hit my, hit but uh, hit my abuelita. She does heart open heart surgery, bro. <laughs> open heart surgery, go to son surgery, you know. You're like, what? <laughs> and she a barber? <laughs> Damn, bro. Yeah. Um, no, Mexicans will have uh, a food stand, uh, uh, be a mechanic, and uh, give karate lessons. You'd be like, <laughs> nigga, what the hell? Sometimes all from a food truck. You be like, did some niggas be behind a truck doing karate? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like damn. <laughs> yeah, some people just hustlers, bro. Yeah, man. TK is a hustler. Let's 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 talk about him. Yeah, um, TK Kirkland. Uh, TK Kirkland is a wild boy or wild man, I would say. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have a secure relationship, do not bring your girlfriend to that motherfucking show. Or if you're not secure in your life, because TK is going to say some shit. Yeah. Okay, first of all, he's definitely a hustler. He he had mentioned while he was up on stage that when he got the you know message to come to Bakersfield, he could have basically canceled the show and just went on to L.A. But he's like, the Lord brought me here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he because he was in Vegas, yeah. He, shows in Vegas. he drove from Vegas in a rental car all the way to Bakersfield. This is a, a Ford Va- Edge, a Ford Edge. This is a seasoned comedian. He could have fucking went home. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But he drove all the way out here, came up here, performed, put on a little little bit of a master class. You can mm-hmm. see his presence and shit up there. But let's let's we'll come we'll come back to all this later. Let's talk about the wild shit this guy was doing. This guy was using some crazy crowd work. Yeah. He looked at this one woman, he's like, How you doing, my black queen? She's like, <laughs> I'm good. He's like, What's your name? She's like, Jessica. And he'd be like, Jessica, what's the last time somebody ate your pussy? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, look at me. I'm serious. What's the last time somebody ate your pussy? <laughs> He's like, oh, you married? Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> he was going back and forth. He was just finding people. And he was like, he's seen this white dude with this black woman. He was like, so how long y'all been together? And he was like, we just met. He's like. Oh, you ain't gonna get this white nigga no pussy, is you? <laughs> He's like, that'd be a shame if you did that. Like this shit was wild. You can't get no pussy to no white devil. Yeah, he be yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he said something like, Y'all don't be like putting cherry on the pussy and then licking it. <laughs> nigga, who raised you? <laughs> Bro, this shit is wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I think the thing that like um impressed me the most, like, me and Eddie, we've been to like 
a few different comedy shows. Went to comedy Store, Andrew Schultz. Com- yeah, sh- show, show um, obviously comedy. some some local co- comedians mm-hmm. here, and you know, kind of the first shows that DJ and Lito put on. Yeah, we both uh, done stand up. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's I think it's dope to me to see like the different versions of comedy because it's all there's no right or wrong way to do comedy, and what I've seen from from TK Kirkland, I don't think I don't think he's like a classic comedian that has like these these setups and you know these punchlines and, and all this. He does have that in in there in in, in his uh, material, but I think 85, 80% of his material is just like it just sounds like your uncle talking to you. Yeah. And he finds a way to he finds the humor in, you know, these, mm-hmm. these situations and and he's also able to drop gems in the comedy while he's you know why he's telling jokes and yeah. you know there was a portion in there he giving financial advice to people and you know what I mean yeah. he, he giving relationship advice and he giving you know advice to men and and he did it like it's so dope like when you when you that wise and you you've been in the game and he's in his sixties um, he's he he found a way to like one he was going in on women like a, a lady pulled her phone out and he was going in on her for like two three minutes yeah um and then he found a way to spin it on men because he was calling her a hoe and you know saying yeah. like women need to do this blah 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 and then he found a way to spin it on a man like man y'all out here doing this don't you know don't be laughing at this girl y'all out here y'all socks is this y'all draws is this blah 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 yeah and it's just like it's just it's just dope to see like it's almost like I said before it's like your uncle. You know, at the barbecue or whatever, just Bro, cracking jokes for an hour. He was saying some wild shit. He said the reason why women be getting disrespectful because they don't nobody be slapping these bitches no more. <laughs> I was like, yo, which is so funny because like I haven't, I don't have a joke, but I, like I thought that premise to me is like is funny. If you can, if you could find a way to make it funny, and obviously TK is like he kind of has a yeah. he set that up because you know that's kind of his tone, just saying the most outrageous stuff. Yeah. But um, like I just I thought that idea popped in my mind, you know. I'd be like, he, thinking about that. he talked about like men not having their shit together, and he talked about how like y'all just be giving the pussy away to anybody. Mm-hmm. He's like, the next time a nigga about to get some pussy, tell him to show, show tell him to show you the bottom of his feet. Yeah, and he was like, what? Why you want to see the bottom of my feet? Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is, is if it's a lot of dudes out here, if we gonna keep it real, it's a lot of dudes that don't got their life together. They don't got nothing together. Yeah, like nothing together. It's interesting because some of his uh, interviews is like you could tell, probably similarly with us. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you have a conversation with us in public, it's probably gonna have a. You know, obviously, we be saying like little funny stuff, just you know, for the sake of comedy. Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't say when I'm leaving the gym and I see somebody and you know see one of my old buddies or whatever. Right. Um, but the the conversation has is a through line in the way we communicate. Right. You right. know what I mean? If we on here giving advice about life and dealing with you know relationships or dealing with friends and all these different things um and then that also kind of bleeds into like the 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 material we have but you could tell with him like his vlad interviews his breakfast club interviews the features he have on certain podcasts it's all, the it's, all it's all intertwined yeah. you know what i mean which i think is pretty dope like he just has his brand and you know yeah. that's important you shouldn't be getting no pussy unless you got twenty five thousand dollars saved up yeah and i yeah. was just like wow yeah this guy is wild mm-hmm. he's like i'm serious he said but not for bitches for you nigga yeah you need twenty five thousand dollars before you why you said why you can't buy a woman no car you can't buy no condo 
mm-hmm. and you want to get some pussy, nigga? Nigga, who right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was just dope just to see, like, like I said, the just a seasoned comedian, and obviously that's a world where we kind of dabble in, and um, also just to see. Similarly, I don't know, you know, some of y'all may have been listening back then, but when we went to the Childish Gambino concert, oh yeah, and uh, obviously we're we're fans of of his music, but also um, it's just amazing to to see a talented person kind of just. Operate. You know, control, yeah, controlling the crowd right. and all these different things, um, and and that's like uh, that. That's just dope to see. Like, okay, like mm-hmm. there was a moment where I just looked out into the crowd, packed out, just looked at him, um, and I was just like, "Yo, everybody's engaged. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's just looking at him. Like, Yo, yeah, this guys, we really got T.K. Kirkland in Bakersfield. So, yeah, so dope. And, and the thing too is, is like I remember during the Childish Gambino concert. Um, you know, I, I I took a moment to look around too and look at how everybody was, you know, engaging with um Donald Glover. And mm-hmm. it was some white dude in front of me smoking a blunt, he was crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn. Man, that's really emotional. Is that a laced blunt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got some fucking coke in it, bro. You smoking onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he got a bunch of chopped up pills in that motherfucking blunt. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh uh I forgot what song came on. I don't know if it was me and your mother. I forgot what it, mm-hmm. I forgot what song it was. Uh-huh. What song was it when it damn it? At the beginning? At the beginning, yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. Dude, the white dude in front of me, bro, because people were smoking big weed there. Yeah. I don't know how they let him in with all those blunts, but dude was in front of me. He was like vibing, but he was just smoking like, weed. Tears huh? coming out of his eyes. <laughs> like, dude. This nigga's too high. <laughs> Remember the little Asian, the Asian kid tried to accuse us of stealing seats. Yeah, just like an Asian. <laughs> you don't belong here. What are you doing here? And then he didn't even like apologize. That's the thing that bothered me the most. The confusion with the seats is one thing, right? Yeah. Um, but when we seen him. Uh, cause we walked and double check, like, yo, we got two seats with, right. two, you know, I went to right. the, uh, like the concessions or whatever. And, um, we seen the dude and he was sitting by his parents and it was like, Hey, like, yo, like we, like we, uh, I think we got it figured out. Like you, you good or whatever. And then he just kind of like, yeah, 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 we're good. We're good. And then he just didn't even really give us the same nah. energy. So I was like, yo dog, like how you going to press us trying to take our seat? And we would sit, we had better seats than him. We did. So. so it's like, nigga, you still in seats is better than yours. You know, yo, <laughs> the seats we had was the, they was bomb. That was legit. It was perfect. Was not too close to the stage, wasn't yeah. too far from the stage, and it was right where all the action was. Yeah. That's why I mean, it's hard for me to, like, not sit in those. So when I seen J. Cole, I was, like, almost in a similar. It was at the forum, too. It was? It was at the forum. Oh, shit. I might have been sitting Almost in the same no seats way. as Gambino, yeah, yeah. Which is probably at least like probably three or four rows back. <clears throat> yeah, like left, right there on the side. On yep. the left of the, of the stage. Yeah. That's the best part. Like the, the right ain't bad, but that left for some reason. Yeah. It's better. There's something about it. Yeah. That's dope. That's going to be my go-to little, that's my go-to section right there. Yeah, for real. We're going to have to do that next time we go to like a WNBA game or something. Cause yeah, yeah. Yep. When the, yeah. Well, the season is in full swing, actually. Yeah, we gotta. We, we just gotta, gotta make it happen. Yeah, we gotta go up to one of those uh-huh. games, man. Gotta support the women out there. Unlike a lot of women out here, okay? <laughs> y'all yeah. don't be going to the games. Yeah. Hello, but yeah, let's get back to TK. TK, great fucking job. 
Um, but he did mention multiple times, like, I ain't never coming back to Bakersfield. You better get a picture because I ain't never coming back. <laughs> I was like, okay, TK, you son of a bitch. <laughs> if, next, if I have a conversation with TK in the future for any reason, I'll be like, TK, man, we appreciate, appreciated you coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, you did a great job. But you got to stop shitting on Bakersfield, yeah. man. Yeah. Come on, TK, fuck. Because <laughs> other comedians come here, they love it. Tom Segura, shout out to Tom. He loves coming here. Him, they get um, a bag when they come out. Oh, here. they get a bag. Burt Kreischer came out here, fucking sold out. Shout out to Burt. Um, uh, I've been wondering how those those guys do, like as far as tickets wise. Crazy. You, they still they be selling out. And sold stuff? out. Hell That's yeah. Crazy. Especially Burt Kreischer. Mm-hmm. Burt Kreischer. That shit was sold sold the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then also another one, Joy Diaz Joe, comes out. Joe Coy be out here. Yeah, Joy Coy was out Joe here. Joe Coy huh? be doing the uh, the big theater. The big though. theater though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, the thing about with Joe Coy is he has a lot of people that come see it, but he has a lot of people who, a lot of Asian people really get around yeah. him. Uh, Filipinos and uh, like uh-huh. even Pacific Islanders and other people really gravitate to his comedy. Yeah. He's he, dating he, Chelsea Handler. You seen that? I seen that. I think they broke up, though. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. broke up. Mm-hmm. Chelsea got to be a freak because she, she ain't look all that great. <laughs> she got to be a freak. She's a nasty white girl. She was dating 50 Cent. Yeah, 50 Cent was smacking those white cheeks. 50 Cent was like, I got shot a million times. You like that? <laughs> if I shot you in your mouth, would you like that? You know a drink, you know a nightcap. <laughs> her, like, Chelsea's probably one of those older white chicks that's probably really, like, um, into, like, like, like street guys. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, 50, I can feel your bullets still in your body. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you like that? <laughs> Put your finger in my bullet hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, man. That's great. Yeah, man. but it did remind me, the overall situation reminded me that I, I, I might need to get on stage soon again. But mm-hmm. it's just what sucks is with my work schedule is I never get to do open mics. So yeah. when I when I go up on stage, it's usually Saturday, and it's like me, like uh, somebody be like, hey, you want to go go do a show? And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm doing a show. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I've delivered. However, I delivered on a medium scale. Mm-hmm. Like, I was funny, but I would have been much better if I had refined my jokes more. Had gotcha. I been going up on doing a lot of open mics. If, if I did a gang of open mics, I'd be a killer. Yeah. I'd be a killer. Because I usually have really good conversations that I, that I could spring off. Especially... The last time I was on stage, the landscape of the world was obviously COVID. We're kind of going off of that. But it's back when Ted Cruz ran off to Mexico mm-hmm. and motherfucking left people in Texas and <clears throat> bouncing off on those conversations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Yeah, something about... I'm not like a... I don't... I would have to like... Sometimes Sometimes I'll make a decision for myself, which is right. not like the authentic decision. It's more so like... Um, the conclusion that I came to out of fear or, mm. you know, insecurities or whatever. So I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say that I don't want to be a comedian. Um, but I will say um, currently when I think about it, I'm more interested in like the writing aspect of it, mm. you know, how I can use like, cause uh, one day I was, I was on um, Instagram and TikTok and um, there's these TV writers that write for like uh, the Simpsons and mm. family guy and stuff like that. And um, the way they talk about jokes in the show, they talk, they they call them bits. 
Like, yeah. hey, we were in the writing room and this one guy had a bit about uh, Bart doing such and such. And I'm like, oh, OK, like I can see the the, the correlation. The correlation there. Right. So yeah. for me, um, you know, I just like the, you know, going on stage and kind of like speaking my mind and also just working on my craft as a writer. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like in the future, my role would be more so like behind the scenes, just writing for different comedians and, you know, giving them certain jokes or just bouncing ideas off of uh, certain certain comedians and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of something today. I wrote that shit down, actually, which is <clears throat> uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? OK, I wrote that shit at the bottom. I don't know why I thought about this. Hold on. Oh, no, nah, it's more or less. And I'll share this because I haven't even like had the joke but I, I basically it's like the idea of we've reached a time in america where we relate to the same we relate to the signs that homeless people hold up mm-hmm. like um hard times or why lie i just need a beer and it's like me too motherfucker yeah, yeah that's facts yeah, that, <laughs> need a little bit of help me too nigga <laughs> so yeah yeah Playing off that idea. And I thought about that because I seen a sign that a homeless person was holding today. And I was trying to read it. I'm like, these niggas wrote a whole fucking book on the on the cardboard. Yeah. It's in different colors and all kind of shit. I'm like, some of these homeless people need to hire graphic designers. Right. Because go to Fiverr, motherfucker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> you you, you got to think like you need a simple message. Right. It's supposed to be a billboard as somebody driving by, so they could be like, "Oh, dang, this person is homeless. They need some money." Nigga, but, hey, yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, and I don't know why I ain't thought about this, bro. And big companies can make so much money doing this shit. On podcasts, they have different ads, Squarespace, mm-hmm. Blue Chew, all of that. If you want to do cheap marketing, give some signs to homeless people that say Squarespace on, Squarespace nope, on them you, and have, huh? Oh, I didn't even mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I, I talked to my boy Pat. I was uh-huh. like, because um, you know the dude that do the little Caesars, he be dancing. Yeah, yeah, the black yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like obviously locally, fa- uh, local, local famous. He stand on right. California Stockdale. I was talking to Pat one day and I was like, bro, you know what would be so dope is um, if I hired that guy, he'd probably get paid minimum wage. I don't know what he gets paid. I, I don't know, know what minimum. I mean, I'm just looking at the the landscape. I just think that's like a minimum wage type of job, right? Um, they pay him in pizza slices. <laughs> <laughs> little Caesars, a little cardboard and cheese on it. Yeah. Um, but they... Um, so that's probably like some sort of minimum wage job. He's just down out there with his headphones on and he's spinning a sign around promoting Little Caesars. Um, and I was like, what if I find somebody like that or hire that guy mm-hmm. and promote my single in that way? Like Ooh. I just have the cover art. He dancing with the, the little printout of the cover art and he just playing the song on California and Stockdale. And uh, I was like, it would probably, it's cheap because you know, we got to think like if he out there for in um, minimum wage is not ten dollars, but say he out there for eight hours, yeah, um, and you paying him, you know, ten dollars an hour. That's just eighty bucks a day, you know, all day long. Thousands and thousands of people driving up and down. We should pay him, Keith. <clears throat> we should we should pay him and just have him hold a Drunkers Mind podcast signs. Yeah, a hundred dollars, man. Split that shit fifty dollars. Yeah, have him do you know what twenty dollars an hour. You know, we could probably find like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, like, 
you know, maybe put a, a thing on like Facebook, uh, I don't know, like Facebook. Yeah, um, say if somebody wants a job. Yeah, like just work for hire. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like a cheap marketing scheme, but I think it'd be, I think it'd be genius. Yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. That dude's been holding that sign for a long fucking time. Yeah, he's been around for a minute. He's he's in pretty good shape too. Mm-hmm. It's he like be dancing that long. He be dancing nonstop. This nigga burning eight thousand calories a day just dancing. Yeah, yeah. He gonna have to make all that up in pizza. <laughs> but Little Caesars, man, I don't want to get too off topic here. But the Little Caesars, that's got to be the worst fucking pizza ever, man. That yeah. shit, that pizza tastes like a bad time. I had uh, some free. I had some the other day actually. Really? Yeah. What 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 flavor is pepperoni? Just cheese. Just cheese. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you, man? It's all nasty, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you eat for convenience. Just cheese pizza? That's not convenient to anybody. I'm Not the flavor of it, but like the pizza was free. So, Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is about their pizza. It's just like it's the, the crust is so fucked up. Yeah. I remember uh, I was cracking some jokes, and they said we're just going back and forth, having banter on Facebook about how nasty Little Caesars is. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, Little Caesars pizza tastes like they chopped up a bunch of EBT cards and put sauce I'm on dead. top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You take this goddamn food stamp pizza and get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> it's just so cheap, man. Yeah. Super cheap. I remember in college, I would smack those. Yeah? Yeah. Especially like the $5 hot and ready. Oh, they don't, they not, I think they went up now. But was I was five ninety nine now or something, $6? It might be like 6 Yeah. But um, yeah, I would for sure... Uh, you know, put my order in, and I think you could use the. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you could probably use your campus, like, because you have like yeah. dining dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could use your card there wow. at Little Caesars. So I would go there, get a little cheese pizza, now, take that home. Now they do home. make other flavored pizzas there. They have like pepperoni sauces, all of that. But you got uh-huh. like you got to order those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot and ready's just be chilling there. Mm-hmm. This is, but that's just terrible. I think they even got like a. Like the Canadian bacon on one of them. They got some dude. I'm gonna keep it like a hundred. Little Caesars is is complete dog shit compared to what it was in the '90s. I don't think because I'm 37. I don't know how many people are around my age that really remember when Little Caesars was the business mm-hmm. and they basically had the best pizza in the pizza business mm-hmm. back in like 1992, mm-hmm. 93. They That's had fire. this. Oh God, they had a pizza called the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And it came in this long, like, big paper shroud, right? And it was like a sack almost, like a big pla- a paper bag almost. And it was slid inside. They called it the Bigfoot, and it was cut in squares. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be like, uh, one part would be like Canadian bacon and pepperoni. The other one would be like sausage. It would be like three different pizzas in one big sleeve. Mm-hmm. That shit was good as fuck, bro. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Damn. I don't know what happened. Maybe the owner of the place started smoking crack or something. You you hear about supposedly uh Little Caesars is paying for um Coretta Scott King. No, was it was it Coretta Scott? Yeah. It was Coretta Scott King paying for like her bills and shit. Oh, I think I heard something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's great, man. But still fuck little Caesars, man. <laughs> It'd be something. <laughs> When's the last time you had Pizza Hut pizza? Been a while, but Pizza Hut's been decent to me right now. In my personal opinion, I would say the best like uh, pizza out of all the places right now. In my opinion, I think it's Domino's. I like Domino's, but sometimes Domino's is super salty. I mean, they are super salty. 
Domino's. Little Caesars has zero salt and they they don't have no flavor. So really, they're not using no salt. It's still salty, but it's just a, a low end salt product. <laughs> <laughs> the niggas use salt water in their shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even their sodium is cheap. <laughs> that was comedy. But you got, I guess for for them, they probably uh, kind of shifted to a a cheaper um, pizza, I guess, in comparison to everybody else. And they kind of like probably had to cut back on the good ingredients. Mm. Uh, well, it's, it tastes like they cut back on everything. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> tastes like they cut back on integrity. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we got way off base there. Um, yeah, great show. Shout out to Demarie Johnson, a.k.a. DJ. Shout out to Lito Iglesias. Uh, great job. He, uh, Lito was making fun of his fucking mom and dad and his yeah. his uncle. And he, his uncle was in a wheelchair. And he yeah. said his uncle had a permanent seat. Like, yeah. <laughs> that he shit was funny. He seat, BYOS. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to him, man. But, yeah, yeah switching gears, man. Um, people wasting food in America. In my opinion, I think the highest form of privilege in America, or one of them, is people wasting food. And that's not a white thing or a black thing. It is a privileged thing. You are living in such an abundance of food that you think it's okay to just throw that shit in the trash. I completely disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And I have some numbers on food being wasted. Each year, 108 billion pounds of food is wasted in the United States. That equates to 130 billion meals and more than $408 billion in food thrown away each year. Shockingly, nearly 40% of all food in America is wasted. That is crazy. That is in that is just inexcusable. You know how many motherfuckers right here in America go to sleep hungry every night, man? Mm-hmm. How many little kids are hungry? How many people live in poverty that don't have a choice? We are like we talk about all the shit and I'll say this. America needs work. There's certain areas that we need work in. A hundred percent. This is not a perfect country by any any form or fashion. If you look at America in its inception, lots of evil shit that went on. Okay. However, flash forward to now. We are all so privileged that we will go to a, a fucking bar or a pizza place. How many times have you looked over at a family that left and they left a half-eaten pizza on the fucking table? Mm-hmm. They're leaving a bunch of chicken wings on the table. They got breadsticks everywhere. They just leave it or they throw it in the trash. It's it's crazy. And I don't know if it's because I've gotten older or because I came from poverty, basically, growing up poor and not having a lot, that it bothers me when I see motherfuckers wasting food, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's sad. And I'll say this. There was one time I was cleaning my car. I I just got through going through the car wash. I'm cleaning out the inside of my car, and some homeless guy comes up and goes in the trash can and pulls out like a Carl's Jr. bag. He's about to take a bite out of a burger somebody threw away, and I had to stop him. I said, hey, 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 don't do that. He's like, don't do what? What do you mean, man? I said, here, man, here, take this money here. I gave him like seven bucks. I was like, man, go in the store and grab you something to eat, man. Throw that in the trash. And he had this look on his face like, nigga, I don't want to throw this burger away. (laughs) <laughs> right but it just it really bothered me man i had like a almost like a visceral response to seeing somebody take food out of the trash to try to eat it yeah i was just like oh my god like please don't do that like no i think i was like no right yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and yeah man I, I think crazy. there's like a 
pointing to what you were saying, like the only reason I probably feel the way I do about people wasting food is just the circumstances in which I grew up. Right. Um, you know, just knowing that we didn't have a lot and um, knowing that there were people that were, even though we didn't have a lot, there were people that were less fortunate than us. And, you know, your parents being, being, uh, making you aware of that, like, you know, we don't waste food around here right. or whatever the case may be. Um, that's just kind of how I operate now. And that's probably from a, uh, a, a poverty mentality that I'm that I've just carried with me to my, all my 30 years of of living um, because there's some people that don't even experience uh, food or things in that manner like they're okay with throwing food away they're okay with leaving uh, whatever food that they had at the restaurant they don't they don't even like what is a leftover? You know, right. they don't even think about leftovers. They just, you know, toss the food and, and stuff like that. No matter what restaurant we went to a, uh, we went to a uh, super expensive restaurant. It was like steaks was well, it was not. I wouldn't call it super expensive, but it was a pretty expensive restaurant. It was like the highest item. It was like a steak, and mind you, just a steak, not even the meal, uh, was like fifty eight dollars or something. Yeah, like that. man. And um, in that in that scenario, like there was people in there that they wasn't taking no was boxes home. Crazy, they just walking out. You know what I mean? They pay their tab and have they whatever. The only thing that they didn't leave over was the alcohol because they was they made they sure chugging they that shit. Yeah, they made sure they drink that before they dip. Um, but yeah, I think I think that it, that that's part of part of what it is. But I think you know, even though that's the origin of it, as I am getting older, you start to think about like just wasting food right yeah, and then this may come from you know this may be my uh um my liberal side kicking in but you start to think about not even in terms of um just ordering food and wasting it but just like purchasing f- groceries and stuff like that yeah because i know sometimes i have a habit of like Eating i may groceries. buy something um at the grocery store and it'll expire before I eat it, and that's oh, that's just as bad. That as, is privilege. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you, you know you might buy some apples, and you're like, man, I I don't you, even know why I bought these. Usually, apples. it's the healthy shit that go bad. It, yeah, because exactly. Because you be eating all the Starburst and shit, and you be like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. I left these uh these nectarines in here. Yeah, exactly, and the nectarines got flies and all kind of stuff, you know. And it and it it's a it's a thing where like I to me since I know that I'm more conscious of it. Like I just went to the grocery store today, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not even gonna get no fruits or vegetables, um, yeah. unless I'm cooking it in in a meal." But I'm not yeah. just gonna get no loose apples and nectarines yep. and stuff because I know I'm not I'm not gonna eat those. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like the last resort. You know, you you eat a nectarine on the way to the gym or something like that. But yeah, it'd be I mean, crazy by the time you go to eat that healthy nectarine, all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, all these I seen a remember we. Did uh, I don't know if I told you it was like, it was a fly in here with like the what do you call it? like the larva or whatever the larvae? Yeah, oh, it was, I've seen it. I, I didn't see it here, but I've seen it before when I was a little kid. It tripped me out. Yeah, it was nasty because I big? Ki- I ki- it was a fly in here, and I don't and God knows how flies actually get in here. Who knows? Yeah. But um, I the fly was flying around and I smacked it. And then it landed on the shelf over here. Mm-hmm. And then I might have went 
dipped off, went to the post office or something, yeah. and came back, and it was just the little worms like yeah. squirming around. You busted that motherfucker open up. Yeah, busting him open, yeah. I remember I hit a fly when I was a little kid. I hit it with a, a newspaper. Mm-hmm. This is, oh shit, this had to be like 95, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I remember this shit very vividly. I hit it real hard. You you ever hit a fly so hard you could hear it? Yeah. Like, like whap! Mm-hmm. Like, Right, yeah. not 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 that noise. That's that's like a a, a, a toilet plunger or something. Yeah. But <laughs> but you hit that motherfucker so hard it go bam, and I hit it. It went it went off the wall and it went on the corner of the room, and I just looked at it and it had blood on it. You ever hit mm-hmm. a fly so hard you see the blood? Mm-hmm. I'm you like, gave it a bloody nose. I was like, yo, I gave this nigga a blood transfusion. <laughs> so it like blood was there, and then you start seeing worms come out. I they was just like, crawling out of it. And I'm yeah. a little kid, so I'm like, this nigga's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. A fucking alien But I had, a, I had, for sure, had to make sure I killed them all, because it was some, and they was like, because you know how it is. Like, they'd grow up and then just, you know, be a whole colony of them, you know, if you don't so kill them nasty. all. Mm-hmm. So nasty. Bro, you ever seen, I'm just going to keep it real, and I know that a lot of you people <laughs> listening right here, you can relate. Have you ever seen a fly so big that it scared you, bro? Yeah. I seen, <laughs> I seen a fly so big, that motherfucker, he wasn't like, that motherfucker's like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that motherfucker sound like a Honda. No, that motherfucker sound like a uh, uh, sound like a Hellcat. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucking fly sound like a Hellcat. <laughs> TK had me weak. A fly was attacking him on stage. Yeah, Remember like, that? these Bakersfield flies, ain't, <laughs> these motherfuckers is crazy. <laughs> Nigga, who raised you? <laughs> yeah, that shit wild, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you ever been like at a picnic or something outside and a fly just comes down? This is why I don't do picnics. I don't fucking like eating outside. Mm-hmm. If I do eat outside, it has to be like a, one of those candles mm-hmm. that keeps the bugs out. Centronella. What? Centronella. That's what it is? Mm-hmm. Is that just a brand? or? I think that's the brand. Another one is called Off, mm-hmm. but you the candles they do be working, mm-hmm. right? Because um, if you don't got them, you'll be eating potato salad, and then you got a fucking horse fly comes down. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is is where where flies land, and I heard that every time they land, they throw up or some shit. Yeah, but they shit mm-hmm. one of them. But you'll be eating some chicken. It'd be a big ass horse fly just come up and be like, look at you, like what's up, cuz? Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Some of them, yeah, they be disrespectful, bro. You're like, uh-uh. They, they don't give a fuck. And they fly on dog shit and all that. You don't want them landing on your food. Yeah. Have you ever opened up the uh, like the lid to the trash can and it's just like 50, 60 flies in there? That's not that many, bro. I've already told you. I've seen more flies than probably. No, but I'm saying not, not, the, not the amount of them. But I'm just saying space. like, nigga, they living in there. They ain't, yeah. they ain't getting no sunlight. Nah. They ain't doing nothing. They literally just eating trash all day. When you when you open up the door, they're like, close that door, nigga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was hauling milk, I seen a shitload of flies, dude. It mm-hmm. was bad. There was like dried up milk on the side of the tanker. Mm-hmm. And there had to be le- literally probably at least on one part over like two thousand flies, bro. That's crazy. I'm not even bullshitting you. The tanker was starting to, it was like towards the back of it. It was mm-hmm. like black. Mm-hmm. I had it one of them. I had a, the video of it on my uh, Snapchat. I might be able to find it. Yeah, I got to see that. And when oh, I was bro. driving off from the farm, when I was mm-hmm. driving away from the farm, um, the flies was sticking to the trailer. Mm-hmm. And the flies did not leave the trailer until I started getting on the motherfucking freeway. 
I didn't know flies had that much strength, man. No, Wayne got too crazy. For These me. are some motherfucking Arnold Schwarzenegger flies. There's <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I got to put the flies all over the time. Get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> got to get the milk all over the tanker. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was wild, man. Hmm. Yeah, man. You know what's fucked up is when we go on a fucking, when we go on a um, rant, Sometimes it's easy to forget what the fuck he's talking Bruh. about. But it's just, um, go ahead. Jesus and Mary broke up. Oh yeah, I seen that. I seen that. I yeah. think I think I think it's not always a bad thing. I think that sometimes when they split up or where people split up creatively, they either had differences or sometimes sometimes you got to split up for people to grow. Yeah. So maybe they might come back together. Who knows, man? I don't know. Yeah. But shout out to them, man. I mean, shit, they've they've accomplished a lot. I'm sure they could do the same on their own. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I think these I think Jesus will probably be a little more um he seems a little more proactive. Mm-hmm. So I think Jesus is the type of guy that could probably be writing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Mero is just like one of them super New York niggas. <laughs> He's just kind of along for the ride. What the fuck we doing over here, son? <laughs> and what we doing? Come on. What we doing over here? What the fuck yeah. we doing? Yeah. They blew they blew up. Yeah, quick, they did. Too. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to know like I don't know because I, I think they started on Twitter, just kind of like yeah, uh, Twitter banter back and forth with certain people, funny accounts and stuff like that. Um, and they got a lot of opportunities pretty pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and they they had a AOC on their show and yeah, a bunch of did. other people. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious to know how that translated or if it did. Because sometimes, um, and I don't know what their numbers look like, but sometimes um, people's relationships could get them in spaces where um or people's potential could get them in spaces where they're not necessarily like performing mm. and um i'd be curious to know like how that show was doing as far as like ratings and stuff goes mm. i think their contract just uh it ended there but mm. i don't i don't know we will never know what the numbers are mm-hmm. i just think that when it comes down to that it's seeing examples of guys like that is good for guys like me and keith mm-hmm. especially like in a podcast space when you have the when you when you literally have like the motivation or the you know the foresight to uh, want to grow your platform, you got to pay attention to the Jesus and the Marrows. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You got to pay attention to people like that. Yeah, because you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on it. You know, me and Keith can have some opportunity in the future. We never know. We don't know where that goes. Yeah, we're we're doing things to try to leverage some form, trying to get some leverage out here in the game. Yeah, you know. I think we'll talk about that experience later. When, when, yeah. When, when, when there's no need to even mention that now. But Sometime in August. Yeah, sometime in August we'll be able to talk <laughs> about it. If it was underwhelming, we'll just act like it never happened. <laughs> 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 Sprinkle some crack on him. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Motherfucker, stop wasting food, man. Yeah. Stop. If you like, I, I hate it when I take a chick out and we're chilling and they'll be like, They'll be like, okay, what do we order? Like, are, like they'll basically look at you like, what do you want to order? I'll be like, just order whatever you want. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Order what you want. And then they'll be like, you want me to, can I order this? And I'm like, go ahead and order this. Order I, think a, I think a lot of women are used to dating guys that really don't got no money. I'm not saying I got money like that. But like, if I'm taking you out tonight, I'm not spending that much money. I got enough to uh, comfortably, yeah. Or like pay for whatever is on this menu right i'm not not the whole menu but like you know pretty pretty much anything that's why i brought you here yeah exactly because it's in my price range yeah exactly i ain't gonna front we went to so uh 
it was like a birthday dinner and um like I was footing like half the tab mm-hmm. and that was the first time I had ever been in a restaurant where I was really contemplating like all my spending that I had done over the past month. Why is it? Because it was so expensive. <laughs> it was like $288. Fuck! We, we split it in down the middle, but it was just so expensive, man. How many people were there? It was four of us. Four? Mm-hmm. Nigga. I mean, it's not too bad when you split it, but still, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, it is what it is. It's one night. Sometimes you got to spend a little money. It, it was a great experience. Like, it, it was just cool to kind of um, treat yourself. And and also just to be like, I think that's not the norm, but that's right. the norm for some people. Like, oh, we yeah. Were out in, uh, Only like, $500? It's cheap. Yeah, we're out in Newport, Newport and you can see, like, With oh, the, this the might cigarettes? be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You, you could see like this is regular for some people. Yeah. You know, they they swiping 300 400 dollar tabs and they not they not even blinking. So. I'm going to tell you like this, dog. I don't got a bunch of rich friends, but I'll tell you this much, if they offer to pay for shit, I'm not pushing back. Yeah. I'm not about to take my my salary that I make and uh be like, "No, man, I've got it." Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You the guy with all the money. I'm like, "Hey man, awesome, bro. Appreciate mm. it." Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You can pay for that. <laughs> I ain't about to pay all that money for that shit. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> now, when it comes to like going out, like the thing about it, uh, this is what I was going to say. You, you take a chick out. She gets whatever she wants. I don't care. And she'd be like, oh, I want to order some dessert. I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead. And then they get the dessert back and it's like some chocolate with powder sprinkled stuff and they eat like two of them and they just leave it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, I don't really care that you ordered that, but it's kind of like, God damn. Yeah. Some women, I think the thick women annoy me the most. Because they be fronting. They probably they be front. If you if you thick and you didn't finish your meal, I know you probably went home and ate. Oh, like, I know you went home and ate. You ate a bowl of cereal or something. You did, yeah, you did. You didn't get all that ass by wasting food like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah you, yeah, you definitely put a lot. To get that, you yeah. didn't ate a lot of honey buns to have ass like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a honey bun ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't don't leave the date and go home and eat a big bowl of honeycomb. You know what I'm saying? You out there eating honeycomb and bun, honey bunches of oats and shit. No, nah, I think... I think one thing that um, that happens at restaurants, and obviously, if you got leftovers, you should take them home. It's, it's lunch for work tomorrow, yeah. whatever the case may be. Like the food is still sometimes food tastes better being leftovers. Like sometimes you'll get some pasta or something, and it'd be cool the first day. I remember I got some um, some pasta. I don't know where I ordered it, but it had almonds. It was like it was like shrimp. It was like some. Chicken Alfredo or something with but almonds in it. It has some almonds in it. it was that's got to be the whitest shit I've ever fucking yeah, heard. Yeah, that's worse than raisins and potato salad. Look, white folks, I love <laughs> you, man, but raisins and almonds and food—that's a no-no. Stop doing that. I'll tell you. Look, if if you come at me and you got almonds in Alfredo, I'm gonna say, hey, stay away from me and my family. Okay? <laughs> I don't want you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, look. Some stereotype stick. You you want to put the chicken on us, right? You want to put the fried chicken on black people? Well, we're going to put white people with the raisins and salad for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. So I took that. I I ate some of it in real time, but I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. But what the I, fuck is this? I was like, I'm not wasting this. I spent a lot of money on this. So what I right. did, I took it. I got the box. I took it home, doctored it up, 
took all the almonds or as much as the almonds out as I could and yeah. I smacked it down just like a real nigga would. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, but one of the, uh, my original point was one of the issues that um, happens in restaurants is, um, and like I said, obviously if you have leftovers, you should take it home and eat it. But one of the issues is uh, the, por- the, the portion size. You know mm. what I mean? Like when you do go to a restaurant, oftentimes, I don't know if they're, they're, um, intentionally having so much food that you have to take it home or whatever the case may be, or just make you may make it worth your money. But I think that, you know, just in general, if we had smaller portions, there would be a lot less food wasted. Mm. Um, but obviously, you know, there's no reason to even waste, uh, waste that. I got to push back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had less portions, then people would be less fat and people want to be fat. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> They just wake up hoping they get fat. Huh? They just wake up honey buns, huh? <laughs> like, did you just say honey buns in your sleep, nigga? What the fuck? Yo, if you give me a salad with, if you give me chicken alfredo with raisins on it or, or, or almonds, I'm going to be offended. Like, nigga, what did I ever do to you, bro? <laughs> yeah, I for, I wish I remember where I was. It was, uh, it was, I think it was here in Bakersfield. It might have been, um... Frugatis? Oh, I'm about to go protest. It might have been there. Frugatis, get it together, man. Stop putting almonds in the goddamn Alfredo. I was, okay. I was, I, I just didn't get it. I'm protesting. I'm going to stand out there by myself. No more almonds. No more <laughs> almonds. Somebody thought that was a good idea. You said what? So somebody thought that was a good idea. Yeah, they probably snorted some coke like, oh, fuck. You know be good, man? <laughs> some, some almonds and Some fucking noodles. crushed almonds in this Alfredo, man. I've been up for nine days, dude. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Wow, it went on a bender. <laughs> that was funny, man. Yeah, man. That yeah. sucks. You should not leave a restaurant and then go cook your food again. Mm. That's what I did. I was like, man, I know I know how to make this good. It's if I'm missing keep, a couple things. Look, I like to, I'm going to keep it real with you. I like to experiment, mm-hmm. but in doses. Mm-hmm. Because I love good food. I stick to what I know. You got to go with the OGs. You got to go with the OGs. Yeah. When I like to, my thing is, is when I, when I, um, how do you call it? When I experiment with stuff, I get reviews. I talk to people. Oh, you got to try to clam this. You got to try the lobster so-and-so. I don't even like lobster, but I ate that and that was good. Like, I got to get enough of those reviews from like, okay, cool. Try something different. Let's try something different. I wanted to get some lobster at that restaurant we went to. Mm Mm-hmm. And the one thing that prevented, because I was like, when in Rome, like I thought about like, mm-hmm. you know, going crazy because it was st- like the most expensive things was the steak. The steak was like $58. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like, I'm not really a steak guy. Like I don't, it's kind of super heavy. It you is. know what I mean? So I was like, oh, let me stay away from that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was looking at was a lobster, uh, the lobster tail, but I've never really had lobster tail. So, so like, that kind of steered me away. Yeah, yeah. That steered me away from it. And then also it didn't have a price on it. It was just like market. It just said market price. Oh, no. So I was like, that mug could be like $90, yeah. and I don't even know. You, you know got to know mean? what the stock market is to get that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> got to know the Dow Jones. Yeah, Dow Jones. <laughs> well, the market was up today, so it, yeah, it's probably about $93 exactly. right now. And, and I didn't want to be that guy. I could imagine like not too many people in there are asking the price of things. So yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, it's almost like a car salesman like, you need this car here, buddy. Yeah. And, and it's got no sticker price on it. Yeah. It's got no nothing. It's like, I can see you and your family driving in that thing. And he's mm-hmm. convinced you all this shit. Yeah. And you're like, how much is it? 
I don't think the price tag really matters for you. <laughs> You're going to look great in this car. I'm like, man. Do you want to put a price on love? Yeah, but like, hey, man, how about you stay away from my family? <laughs> stay away from my fucking kids. Yeah. And stop putting almonds in my goddamn Alfredo. <laughs> yeah. But just overall, we got to be more mindful of, um, one, the perception of it, and then just the reality of it. Like, you know, just the amount of food that's being wasted um, every single week at 40%. You Even like, yeah. even I, re- I remember, um, and this is why it's probably... Being homeless is not always the worst thing in the world. You can free food all the time. But I remember at What? Uh, I remember at What kind uh, of take was that, Keith? There you just said it. your boy was eating a hamburger out it was free. You seen the hamburger out the trash. Yeah, technically that's correct. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I was working at a school and um that's another place where a lot of food gets wasted. Oh, Because they're just projecting how many students are going to be here mm-hmm. during a week or whatever. And sometimes kids are absent and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And they got to account for all the food they waste. Restaurants? Um, yeah. So uh, there was a – they had threw away – it had to be like 30, 40 uh, little pints of milk. Milk? Yeah, wow. chocolate milk. So they just literally threw them away. And some homeless person came and then they just – grabbed all those and oh put them in a little God. basket and, and, and dipped off. Um, so I don't he even know where I was shit. going with that. but He probably was shitting his brains out. Oh, my gosh. All that warm milk, that's disgusting. He was taking homeless shits on the sidewalk. He's <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> all the milk, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good look. Chocolate shits. But it's just, I think, just overall, it's like we're, I think, um, overall, just ordering food. Um, consuming food, leaving leftovers, throwing it away. Like all of this combined has um, gotten us to this place where yeah. we're just consuming too much. Yeah, but that's what we are. We're heavy consumers, whether mm-hmm. it's consumers of brands, consumers of food. <clears throat> and we overconsume, which is why most people are morbidly obese. Yeah. Not most people are morbidly, but they are obese. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Um, what's crazy too, and I'll just say this this is kind of out of left field. I think just like, the idea of vegan soul food is a fucking joke. Yeah. It's a kind of an oxymoron. Yeah. Like, this shit is racist. Stop making this <laughs> shit, man. That ain't chicken, motherfucker. That's some... Don't... You you can't take some uh, a jackfruit and tell me that it's chicken. They got it. I feel like they slipping. They slipping chicken in there. Yeah, you got to be putting... If it tastes good, chicken. you're putting real fucking animals in that shit. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's not real chicken. That's actually just jackfruit. I had a. Uh, why is it blood and veins in the <laughs> shit? What the fuck are you talking you know, about? Jackfruit, <laughs> jackfruit ain't got no bones in it. But there right. was a uh, there's a spot called Vegan Mob. Um, I heard about it. It's in the Bay Area. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they food is like teetering on the teetering on the line of like this is one. It's not healthy for you at all, right? Um, but it's like I think it might be some meat in there because really? I had like a, <laughs> I had like a a shrimp. Uh, like a like loaded fries or something, uh-huh. but it had like shrimp on there and some cheese and stuff, like, and it was fire. It's fake cheese and everything. Yeah, like vegan yeah. cheese and mm, vegan cheese, fake shrimp. Yeah, but wow. the texture was on point. Everything was on point. I was like, this is too good to be true. Yeah, vegans. The funny thing about like modern day things that like we've taken it and we've completely mind just mind fucked. How you think about veganism? Like, yeah. raw vegans are the most purest form of real vegans. Like, mm-hmm. they don't use microwaves. 
that you eat raw almonds. Everything is raw. Mm-hmm. Like it's real food, whole mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. But vegans, them motherfuckers, vegans be walk around 360 pounds like, yeah, I'm a vegan. You be yeah. like, I for sure know some. Honey bun ain't uh, vegan, nigga. What the fuck is you doing? Showing us some chunky vegans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you said <laughs> you said they be frying lettuce. Yeah, motherfuckers deep frying a whole <laughs> they just get a whole thing of lettuce and deep fry that shit. Maybe some southern fried lettuce. Vegetable. It's vegetable oil. Yeah, some vegetable oils. That's good. <laughs> is that like every obese person's voice? <laughs> oh, it's vegetable oil. That's good right here. Yeah, I re- I remember the first time I seen that in um like a overweight uh vegan or vegetarian was probably in middle school. And I was just like, dang, like if this is what you're getting out of being vegetarian, I'm gonna just keep eating meat. Right. Cause you don't your body is frumpy. Yeah, I was like, You a vegetarian? Yeah. You fucking up. Yeah, <laughs> you doing something you're not supposed to be yeah, doing, sir. You might want to revert back to what you was doing before. Do you sleepwalk at night and eat ribs, nigga? <laughs> 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 he just wake up his ribs just all over his mouth and shit. <laughs> he was like, man, how you vegan but got cottage cheese all over your legs? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I caught that one. <laughs> you got literal cottage cheese and real cottage cheese connected to your body. That's crazy. Both are not vegan at all. <laughs> Completely not vegan. That's crazy. People, when people talk about vegan food, they try to like pump it up. Like we have vegan options. <laughs> it's like, man, fuck you, man. Give me a real meal. <laughs> Want that shit? That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, switching gears. Eat your food, man. Yeah, eat your food. Stop wasting your shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears. A 22 year old man um, was able to. Uh, stop a suspect from doing a mass shooting. And I don't know how many of you guys have caught this story as of late, um, but here is the story. Three people are dead after a man opened fire in an Indianapolis mall. The shooter was killed by a good Samaritan Samaritan police say. Um, Four people were dead, including the uh, the suspected shooter, after a man with a long gun entered a mall in Indianapolis that opened fire. Police said two others were injured in the early evening attack at Greenwood Park Mall. Uh, Jim Jim Erson, whatever the police of uh, Greenwood, Indiana, said at a Sunday night news conference, one remained hospitalized. He said they used too many goddamn commas in this motherfucker. Fuck a 12 year old girl with abrasions was treated and released. Four of six people who were injured or killed were female. Ison said the shooter appeared to have been fatally shot by a 22 year old good Samaritan who witnessed an attack and opened fire with a handgun with the intention of ending the assault. Um, he praised the young man, identifying him only as being from Bartholomew County, south of Metro area. The real hero of the day was the Samaritan that was lawfully carrying a firearm who was able to stop the shooter almost as soon as it begun, Ison said. Okay, so what we're seeing here is, is if you guys had called a recent episode, I think it was about three or four episodes ago, I was just very done with all these mass shootings. You know, people going, they've infiltrated every single space that we live in. Or not, not live in, but every single space that we go to, they've infiltrated malls, churches, theaters, 
motherfucking grocery stores, everywhere that a mass shooting can happen, people have came in there and done it. But I said, yo, we've made it to a point where we can't just say things like when it comes to this thing. I feel like the conservatives, the conservatives got one up on the liberals because the liberals approach is, and this is what they said after the shooting. A lot of liberals was like, this is not okay. There's going to be a bunch of people thinking it's okay to carry a gun in the store. And I'm thinking like, that's how you took from this story? <laughs> so, I mean, people think it's okay to go into these places and do mass shootings. So at some point, you got to hit the bully in the mouth and defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... A lot of times bullies will keep bullying people because those people are defenseless. But when they know that you will hit them in the fucking face, bullies will stop bullying. More people need to get shot just like this. I'm sorry. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Mm-hmm. We got to stop letting these motherfuckers think they could go into churches and shoot a bunch of innocent black people. Going to a store, I forgot which store it was recently, shot nothing but black people. Mm-hmm. Out in Buffalo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Then you got just, even if it's not a race-related one, then it's just a sick fuck going in shooting kids at a school. Or a concert. Concerts. You just, mm-hmm. imagine you just rocking out of the concert and now you're getting shot. That's fucked up. Yeah. We we have to, bro, we got to start shooting these motherfuckers back. And, and the talking point that liberals are using are gun control. We need background checks. Gun control. When I got my gun... I fucking got a background check like a motherfucker. You got to get relief done through the DOJ, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you don't – there are background checks. There's certain places where they don't really – all the gun laws are different everywhere, right? Yeah, different Arizonas and Texas and stuff like that. It's different everywhere. Yeah, you can go in there and just walk in there and get a gun. But the whole idea of gun control is a joke. You can't control these guns. There's way more guns than people. You'll never control them. If you make guns illegal, guns guns and alcohol go hand in hand because back during the Prohibition days when they made alcohol illegal, motherfuckers was out there bootlegging like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Ask the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. The Kennedy's wealth came from bootlegging, doing illegal shit. Yeah. Okay, so you're not gonna control guns, motherfucker. Okay, mm-hmm. but we need to start responding with swift justice. I'm. We have no choice. Mm-hmm. We have no choice. We made it to a point of no return. These motherfuckers that go into these places and think that it's okay to start getting, start shooting people need to be shot. And I don't want to resort to violence. But am I supposed to just keep saying thoughts and prayers to these people? Thoughts and prayers. And I'm looking at a bunch of fucking fifth, fourth and fifth graders getting killed. And the best you could do is is thoughts and prayers and screaming gun control. Mm -hmm. It's not about gun control. It's about people control. And people can't fucking control themselves. And they need to get shot. Yeah. Stop going up in these fucking buildings acting like, you know what I'm saying? Like. Stop going up in these buildings acting like nobody should be armed with a gun. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to. It was a great point being made. And I'm not into following a bunch of right-wing publications and shit, but this is one dude named Colian Noir. He was on uh, Joe Rogan. And he said it's crazy how they want to ban AR-15s, but p- politicians have security and they carry AR-15s. Mm-hmm. So are you saying the only people that should have AR-15s is your security? Yeah, I'm like, the point. <laughs> it was it's fucking wild. Like mm-hmm. you want to you want to take these guns away from people, right? And then your security got them. Yeah. So what the fuck sense does that make? Mm-hmm. That's crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but I, I don't know. I I I I don't see a reason. I I get that point, but I also don't see a reason for like, um, just a casual person to just be walking around with like military grade weapon. That just doesn't make sense to me. But in terms of like the the you know this is kind of like it, this may be like the the new the new uh the new wave in terms of stopping mass shootings, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz who knows how many pe- how many more people he could have killed in that mall if he didn't get uh if he didn't get gunned down. Mm-hmm. It said he got shot what like six seven times, six uh, times. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's just and you see this you I've seen this before where somebody was trying to, you know, shoot shoot up whatever space it might have been a train station or whatever and then somebody catches it before and they gun them down real quick and then mm-hmm. you know apprehend them and whatnot um but this this seems like you know this seems like the the best option and obviously you know a few people still got killed but if they prevent it you know mm-hmm. a much larger man um, we're not situation. waiting on the government no more man mm-hmm. we're not waiting on the government no more to make a decision we run the government Mm-hmm. Like we 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 allow a bunch of politicians and people up there with suits to tell us what we can and cannot do. We're not waiting on these motherfuckers no more. They've yeah. proven that they don't have an answer. They couldn't even save American jobs during the fucking pandemic. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of people, small businesses, lost their business businesses forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. And you waiting on these motherfuckers to figure this shit out? Mm-hmm. Who gonna figure it out? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. These motherfuckers ain't gonna do shit. Yeah. All they care about is their money. You look at. Every American, whether you liberal or conservative, everybody getting squeezed right now. Yeah. You go to the pump, man, back in the day, here's the thing. Back in the day, you go to the store, got your kids with you and shit. Hey, go in there and grab a Slurpee. Hey, grab your mom some Laffy Taffy. Hey, go get this. Now like $20 or something like that. Yeah, but now you go to the gas station, motherfuckers just getting gas and leaving. Yeah. Them slurpee machines is filled up with slush. <laughs> motherfuckers ain't getting shit no more. Ain't motherfuckers ain't getting nearly as much snacks as they was getting. That's real life decisions at the pump, dog. Yeah, man. I be dropping a C note every time. Man. That don't make no sense. I remember I was filling up my truck and I was like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> my truck was like, what nigga? Yeah. God <laughs> dang, dog. My truck talked back to me. That shit, it doesn't make no sense. Yeah. But I think that uh like you said, there's no way to really control. It's too. It's too far gone. Yeah, like it's in the it's in the Constitution. I think that um, the idea of gun con- and we don't. The idea of gun control is um, is kind of nonsense because that's a that's a idea that's one is going to take years and years for people to really uh, yeah. write down what that actually looks like. One. Um, and then two, like a lot of it is left up to the states. Yes, what you can do in Texas and Nevada, you can't do in California mm-hmm. and New York. You know what I mean? So that's a whole that's a whole thing in itself. And I think that um, you know, and even thinking about it in terms of like you know illegal stuff that's going on. Like I got you uh, know, yeah, I got cousins and, and friends. I begin you know they begin they find a way to get some illegal guns, and whether that's through the guy that owns the liquor store or the mm. guy that owns a, the weed shop or whatever, they selling guns on the side and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. I feel like, you know, to, to, you got to think about, about the, the amount of people that get, get caught with weapons all the time. You know, you hear about rappers and, you know, people getting pulled over and they had such and such guns in the car and they getting them from somewhere. They ain't walking into no, uh, 
they're not walking into no Walmarts and purchasing these guns legally or going to whatever thing and filling out all this information. Yeah. And the access is just is easy. You know what I mean? Man, I, I don't know, man. I feel like gun control and weight control go go hand in hand. Uh-huh. Like, and the reason why I say that is, is like we know we know what we need to do to control our weight. We got to eat a better diet and exercise, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, is we know that most people are not going to do that. They're just going to keep going to Chick Fil A, and 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 that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to guns, we can't control that. Mm-hmm. We can't control people's weights. If we if we can't control obesity in America, we cannot control guns. Mm-hmm. Like we can't. And people will say like Eddie, that's an absolute terrible fucking parallel. It's not even parallel conversation, but it is. It is because think there's certain things that cannot be controlled. Yeah, it's like there's so much food. There's an abundance of so much food available to people. It's a McDonald's on every motherfucking corner. Mm-hmm. How the fuck you gonna control people's weight when you got that much fucking food accessible at any corner? Jack in the Box here, Burger King here, Chick Fil A here, In and Out here. When it comes to guns, there are too many fucking guns on the street. The idea of gun control is the same as weight control. It ain't happening, buddy. Mm-hmm. Now they want to, and the thing about it is, if a person wants to do some ill will to somebody, right? They want to go and they want to do a mass shooting. Do you really think these niggas going to be like, hmm, let me wait for my background check before I go do a mass. Nigga, they going to find a gun on the street. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing all that. You think that a motherfucker in the south. Or si- somebody else's gun. Bro, do you think somebody in the south side of Chicago is like, <clears throat> yo, man, we got to wait to get our background checks before we do this drive-by. <laughs> Nigga, they're not waiting on that shit. Yeah. This is why I say in this conversation here, I feel, and I'm a lifelong Democrat. I feel like in this situation, the Democrats is pussies with this shit mm-hmm. because what they tend to do is lean on the side of gun control, gun control, gun control. Not only that, we need to get AR-15s out of here. They act like the gun is doing the shooting. Mm-hmm. They act like the gun walked itself into Walmarts. It walked itself into a black church. They act like the gun is doing it. Mm-hmm. We need people control. Not gun control. And until we get that, motherfuckers are going to keep getting shot. But we need to have real conversations. Mm-hmm. This It's not a real conversation when you say we need to ban guns or guns aren't good. But let me tell you something. If a motherfucker walk in your house at 2 or 3 in the morning and you got your wife laying next to you, you got your kids in the next room, and you flick on the light and this dude is getting ready to kill you and your whole family, what are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? You're going to wish you had that gun. The same gun that you say that you don't want around. Anybody would pick up a gun to defend their family. I don't give a fuck if you're liberal, conservative, whatever you are. You're going to use a gun. And people act like they wouldn't do it just because they have to go with the party. The same way you see conservatives like almost kind of jump over conversations because mm-hmm. they don't want to agree because it goes against what they believe in. Mm-hmm. This is what the Democrats is doing. It mm-hmm. Liberals is purposely like, no, um, if somebody came in my house with a gun, I mean, I feel like I can negotiate with them. It's like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. What you going to do with your blue hair when that motherfucker come in your house? <laughs> you sitting there with blue hair. You're going to be like, oh, no, I got to shoot her. <laughs> yeah. I'm a person. I, I, I don't necessarily like I'm somewhere in the middle when it comes to like the gun rights and the gun control. I don't personally have a gun, um, 
but I also don't have a problem with people having guns. And I understand, right. like, I understand the the uh, logistics as far as like why you know you know to protect your house and protect your family and stuff like that, or you know, like situations like happened in Indiana where the dude was able to you know save a bunch of people's lives. I understand like the power in that. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm also not like obsessed with guns. There are some people out there yes. that are very obsessed with like, oh my gosh, I'm I just got I just got the, the oh, Smith and West. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, he's using gun powders, lubricant, and <laughs> jacking off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just rubbed a I'm just AR-15 on my cock. Fuck. <laughs> some people got an obsession with that shit man yeah for sure yeah um but as far as you know some, sometimes you just got to prepare for a rainy day and you could have you know you could have a, a a gun that you purchased that you may never have to use ever and hopefully that is the case um in terms of obviously you want to take it to the gun range and stuff but you know ne- haven't have to never use it in terms of like you know a, a life-threatening situation and that's like the ideal space to be in but um, it's just it's just weird. I think it, I find it very strange too that you know we you talked about earlier how like America ha- doesn't have anything under control. We don't have weight under control. We don't have this gun um, situation under control. And ironically, the only thing the government has under control is women's rights to have an abortion, mm. which is uh which is kind of ironic. Like right. I, I wonder why. I guess I wonder why. They're able to, whether right or wrong, and I'm I'm not saying if Roe v. Wade is right or wrong. I'm just saying like how they're able to to get that overturned. But in terms of like dealing with this issue, in terms of you know mass shootings and, and gun rights and all that, it just seems like there's there's no movement at all. Yeah, because the government doesn't know how to control people problems. This mm-hmm. is a people problem. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it too is that what I mean by that is like. You can't it's it's hard to say that guns are harming people. If you put a gun anywhere and sat it in a box, put it on the table, it's not gonna shoot nobody. Mm-hmm. It's the person behind it. It's kind of how we use social media. Like our, the we use social media so irresponsibly. We bully people on there, we act like somebody we're not, and that's what people do when they get guns. But is that social media's fault or the person behind the fucking keyboard? Mm-hmm. Think about that, but Mother- that, I think, but I think that the government's job is to account for the idiots. So the reason why thirteen-year-olds can't sign up for Instagram or whatever—I don't know what the the sign mm-hmm. up age twelve-year-olds can't sign up for Instagram—is because they know that there's like a certain level of irresponsibility that comes with these these youth. So yeah. they may not necessarily like literally go to their house and say you can't sign up for Instagram, but they're gonna put it in the terms and terms and agreements. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just think mm-hmm. they're trying to mitigate the problem. Um, but there's the inevitable, and the inevitable you cannot stop. You know, when a motherfucker is gonna do some harm to somebody, that shit gonna happen. Period. But I think that when it comes to certain states and how they set laws up, they just use those to protect the. I guess to protect the 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 people or protect civilians, that's all they really got. There's nothing else they could really do. You know, uh, who, you know who killed probably like the 
I guess it's not even a mass shooting. It's just a mass killing. And I don't think they had any guns at all. It's 9-11. Oh, but they used fucking planes. They just had... They had knives, knives and planes, right? I don't know what they had on those planes, though. I don't want to get conspiratorial, but I don't. No, know I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying to your point, like mm. if a person is gonna kill somebody, they're gonna kill somebody regardless of if they got a gun or not. So it's not necessarily gun control thing. It's yeah, just like they hijacked with the knives, killing. I believe. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy, bro. They needed Jason Statham on that plane. Like you want to stab me with a fucking knife, huh? <laughs> Stab me your fucking knife, eh? <laughs> they always do all the extra crack noises when they fucking snap their neck and shit. Yeah. I'm so tired of fucking Jason Stratham and all the tough guys in today's movies. The like it's stars. it's like it's such a money grab. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. When, when a movie has The Rock in it, Jason Stratham. And uh, uh, oh, uh, what's another one? Another like tough guy, like Jason Momoa, like motherfuckers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a cash grab. It's not, and it's trash. I hate those movies because mm-hmm. it's like it's so predictable. The Fast and Furious, you're gonna get some corny, cheesy ass lines. You're gonna get very fictitious scenes, so fictitious in fact that they send in fucking Jody from Baby Boy in the outer space. You got <laughs> motherfucking. So you just got all this fuck shit going on in these movies, dude. I just watched. Uh... The movie Nope, um, Jordan Peele's new movie. Oh, I heard it was great. Uh, it's it's Jordan Peele is like very he's a very thoughtful uh, mm-hmm. director and writer, mm-hmm. and sometimes a, a lot of that stuff be going over my head if I'm not really paying attention. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know if you'll ever get around to watching it. But I what I took up from it was just like this um, this um, how would you put it like. New versus old or like like there was a lot of like parallels, like digital versus film, like um, you know, like digit like a digital camera, which obviously we shoot on, mm-hmm. versus like a film camera where you gotta crank it and mm-hmm. you gotta hide, you know, make sure the film is not exposed to light and stuff like that. Um so that 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 was one of the one of the um the very uh forward themes in there. So um I don't know, it's just, I think that uh, of course, you got these freaking action stars where there's no actual storyline to what's going on. It's just people fighting the whole movie. Um, but there is like still, you know, some people kind of keeping real movies, real cinema, real cinema yeah. alive out there. What, what was that movie? Uh, was it called Us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, it was that movie was basically um, not finding the parallels, but just almost like an alternate world. It was like comparing like poverty to like well off people. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that like that that girl that was in that alternate world where it was like poverty ish. Mm-hmm. She was like working like twice as hard just to get. Uh, yeah, almost like kind of like we talked about in the previous conversation with like the restaurants and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like if I'm in this expensive restaurant, on one end is somebody spending um, $150 on a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end is somebody that's working there that's you know in that kind of parallel world where you know obviously they struggling to they may they may have not made the amount of money they spent on that meal in three four days yeah i mean so i think jordan pill is so dope because he always has like a interesting take on the world and he just is able to put that in a movie that's crazy it's like get out with the whole social commentary about black people and 
using their brains and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah. Auctioning them off and stuff. Yeah, that was, yeah that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the funniest parts was that black dude starts running towards the camera. Yeah. Yeah. He was. I was like, this guy, I just, he looks like a fucking, I don't know, he's like a robot. Yeah. The, I think the, do, the dopest part, which is like the subtle thing about the movie, Nope, is like, it's an expression. Like, because they're saying no. Like, you know how, you know how, like, say, say me and you, like, we leave the office or whatever, and uh, I'm going to take the trash out, but it's like, probably like three or four people in hoodies down there. And then I, we walk, we hit the corner, we getting ready to, to throw the trash away. I'm like, uh, nah, like we just going to turn, turn back around or nope. Like, let's just walk back around. So that's like the expression that they use in the movie is just like, it's almost like, I don't call it Ebonics, but it's just like slang yeah. for like, nah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this right now or not, you know, just kind of a, uh, acknowledging that this is, this is a kind of a weird situation. So I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. As a, yeah, he's definitely a great writer. Mm-hmm. I think one of his best. No, it's not. That's I'm tripping. That's the that's key. That's not Peel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balake. Oh, the the show. What mm-hmm. what what he did do Peels when uh, he acted like Barack Obama. He was shaking mm-hmm. everybody's hand. Yeah, bring it in here. Bring it in here. <laughs> all all of that. All of that. Yeah. All of that. You know what it took to get here. You know what it yeah. took. And then we go to the white dude. He's like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Change this handshake. Up. They had some for sure, like some iconic stuff. Yeah. It's just crazy to see that Peel is like kind of so far removed from yeah. like that world. He's doing like Nope is not a horror movie, but it was more of a sci like a sci-fi western. There that movie Get Out, people were like upset like oh that movie was trash, it was supposed to be scary. It's like if you have that much of a simplistic mindset, don't watch those movies, please. Yeah. Go watch Fast and Furious. Yeah, there's don't, movies out there for you. Yeah, don't don't movies that make people get mad when they gotta think. They be like, oh fuck, oh mm-hmm. we gotta think. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, yo, I when I left the movie, I was like, it's something there, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, yeah, like tinkering with it. I'm like, yo, let me just read some articles or let me watch it again, mm-hmm. you know, to see what's really going on. That's what the Matrix did to people. Mm-hmm. I think the Matrix is one of the first movies to do that. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think was there any other movies that really made you do that. I'm trying to think. Made you? Th- I'm pre- <laughs> there had to be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you know, in school we watched a lot of like super old movies. Animal Farm uh, was one of them. Like Citizens Kane and stuff that yeah. came out in like the 50s and 60s. Um, you read Animal Farm? Mm-mm. I think Animal Farm was basically like a parallel to what like the Germans how they conquered um, like their time frame. What about? Um, Ch- Children of the Corn or something I like that. Yeah, oh, no, I haven't I seen that. No, that's a movie. Yeah, but it's uh, I don't even know what. I'm sure there was like some social commentary, but it was like the kid. Basically, all the adults died and they got killed or whatever, and just a bunch of kids is like taking over the city, mm. and then the corn is like the monster. I don't know. It's kind of a. It's kind of like a. It's kind of that in that world of like the Jordan Peele kind of world where there's like a social commentary on yeah. the scary movie. They turned that into like a satire porn, like Children of the Porn, I think they called it. Really? No, I don't know. Oh, I was like, <laughs> damn, that's crazy. <laughs> you like you put smacking wor- cheeks in a cornfield. Yeah, but you can't have the word children in the fucking video. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little wild. R. Kelly was like, oh, where's that at? <laughs> <laughs> I need to pee on that video. <laughs> <laughs> Where the children at? <laughs> I need it. <laughs> crazy. Damn. All right. Uh, switching gears. 
platonic partners. Let me go ahead and uh, pull that article up. I guess this is basically the idea of two people. Let me read it here. Platonic partners share homes, beds, and kids, but there's no sex. Uh, Jay whatever, Jake Rossiro and Crystal Puricato are like a picture-perfect married couple who share a life and a child together, but their relationship is non-traditional. Known as platonic partners, the couple's relationship is not centered around sexual attraction or physical intimacy, but sharing a lifelong partnership. My best friend and I of, of eight years got married, had a commitment ceremony, whatever you want to call it, but we did it because we wanted to raise kids together, said Giracero, who is now raising a foster son, Eddie, with Piracato. Last fall, Giracero and Piracato got married becoming each other's platonic spouse. The two had, this nigga so deep in the friend zone, this shit is ridiculous. That's hilarious. The two had a, to navigate what it meant to take their relationship from friends to wives. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, well, they're both lesbians. I'm tripping. I think one is non-binary. Yeah. I'm mistaken. Well, they're confusing the fuck out of me. Um, There's not one way to be married. You know, we have good communication. We simul- We are. We have similar values. We have a type of partnership that goes that works for both of us that's going to stand the test of time Perificato said okay um here's my problem not so much what the fuck hold on hold on i gotta read this part Perificato identifies as gray sexual i use any and all pronouns i'm gender fluid identify as gray sexual which means that my attraction comes and goes it's not consistent like most people's fear like come on Cut the bullshit, man. Fuck. What's up with people? You don't know if they want anything nowadays. Gray sexual? Niggas are purple sexual nowadays? Purple sexual, gray sexual? (laughs) Niggas are making shit up on the fly. This is 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 constant progressiveness is getting crazy. Yeah, progress. It's 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 ridiculous. But no, um, I'll say this. I think that the the platonic idea of a relationship really is not a bad thing based on this. I think that the friendship from a uh, like the idea of a platonic friendship, if you have that as an element of your relationship, I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But I need to be fucking Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. If this is my wife, I want to please my wife. I want to do things to her and make her feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when women um, have a good relationship with their husband or boyfriend, they want to please him, too. I don't think that the sex is the is like the primary metric in the relationship, but I think it's an important one. Mm-hmm. It's like you wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm having a great day. I'm going to go in there and eat my wife's pussy, right? Yeah. And she has fun, and she likes it, and then you guys both enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was a stress reliever, right? Mm-hmm. All right. But if you are a great sexual, you ain't getting nothing. Yeah. Everybody needs to come, Keith. Everybody, every animal, every fucking primate, mm-hmm. every rat, mouse, fucking alligators, bust nuts too. Everybody needs to come, man. Yeah, dog. I mean, even dogs. Dogs are getting super horny. Dogs busting more nuts than anybody. Dogs humping pillows. Dogs is busting nuts from air, bro. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> if we imagine if we just start humping, that would that Schultz has something stupid. He said he said the uh, some dog had. 
you know how dogs are having a little red weenie or whatever. Yeah. He said something wild, like, like, uh, oh, he got his lipstick out or something. He said, I forgot. Do you remember? Oh, it was, he com- he commented on somebody's uh somebody's picture. I wish oh. it might have been like Lil Duval's picture. If I find it out. Oh. Yeah, I just the, the 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 platonic element of it. I think the the friendship vibe that you get, you should want to be friends with the person you're dating. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But beyond that, um, you should want to be friends with a woman. But uh, there's no way, uh, especially with the women that you grow to be attracted to. If you like a woman that's whether she's slender or she's thick, she got a big ass. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'd be looking at a big ass and big old breasts, and I'm just like being friends, and I'm not hitting that. That yeah, that doesn't work for me. Fuck no. I, I I don't know. I think sometimes like we as people have some experiences and and then we're just looking for like definitions to kind of go with what we're experiencing or feeling. Like even for me, I'm I'm starting to push back on like these labels, right? Like yeah. I would once call myself an introvert and I don't even like that anymore. Like cuz I'm not I'm not necessarily like an introvert. Introvert. I'm kind of around people all the time. I'm talking to people quite frequently sometimes you just get tired of talking to people you're not an introvert Um, he's a pervert (laughs) no way (laughs) (laughs) i identify as a pervert (laughs) i've been looking through your peephole in your house for two months that's crazy like you can't arrest me i i've I've identified myself as that (laughs) (laughs) i already put it on the table but no i I think i don't know i think some people I, i i think some of these labels can also be like uh, could like box people in, right? So if you imagine you feeling something somewhere, and you're like, man, I'm not really attracted to like anybody right now, and then you're looking up these definitions. Oh, I think I'm asexual, mm-hmm. and then that just becomes like that just becomes you. Like you are the label, so you kind of gotta abide by the rules of the label. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be attracted to anybody because I am asexual. Um, but it could, you know, and I and I don't know anybody's experience. I'm not living in anybody yeah. else's brain or body. But um, it could have been just a, a, a phase. I, I know, you know, I'm sure even you've experienced like looking at the most beautiful woman on Instagram and being like, oh, it just doesn't move me. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Yeah. And that could be that them experiencing that for a couple weeks and then they yeah, just like what am I, why am i feeling like this and then they're like well i'm asexual and then it's like well in that case i'm just gonna you know right. not like anybody right now i'm anal sexual i don't <laughs> like sex in my ass <laughs> like damn lady yeah he's like i didn't consent to vaginal sex i only do anal i'm <laughs> anal sexual <laughs> it is a lot man and i think that um i had this conversation a while back like <clears throat> i and I I have like some conservative values, um, and some liberal va- liberal values. But I think the thing that I think the thing that I appreciate about conservatives the most is probably that they kind of stand on something, mm. right? It's not this moving thing. It's kind of like, hey, this is I am Christian, and because I'm Christian, I believe in X, Y, and Z, and my stance is not ever mm. going to change. Pterodactyl sexual. <laughs> but in terms of like the liberals, it, it just seems like there's so many moving pieces and it's new information every single day. And, you know, we get conversations like this, like people that are in, that are married, that are not even really attracted to each other. They're just kind of friends. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't doesn't really make sense but but at the same time when i actually think about it like 
marriage and all these other things are just traditions that somebody made up. Yeah. Like it's not it's not it's an outdated custom now. Yeah, it's not nothing real. Like, you know, we are only people that aspire to be married because that's what we know is it's just an agreement that we have as a, as a society like you know you're supposed to get the the house and the white picket fence and have you know four or five kids and you know get married and have the dog and whatever the case may be um this is just stuff that we're not inherently i think we inherently we're only here to create more right you know we're only here to you know bear more uh be fruitful and you know have kids and stuff like that but outside of that all the other traditional stuff is just st- traditions that people made up yeah and somebody sat around one day is like you should you guys should get married and you should yep. have a ceremony and all this stuff. i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about uh oh my goodness who was it who was saying it who was saying it who was saying it they're talking about like even like certain sex that people have now, like mm-hmm. going down on women is a more modern time. It's a more modern thing. Yeah. Because back in the day, they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, people weren't shaved down there either. Yeah. A lot of porn has influenced how people, you know, have their, their genitals shaved and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, fuck, what was I watching? They were talking about it. And it's true. I guess they considered that very unclean to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. So women wasn't getting no oral back in the day. I wonder how, yeah. Who was the first person to do it? Just dismissing all of the hair. Like, I'm going to eat this hairy pussy. (laughs) (laughs) My tongue going to be raw. (laughs) Eating hairy pussy is like eating Captain Crunch. (laughs) (laughs) That shit going to cut the roof of your mouth like a motherfucker. Ain't no cereal in America cut your mouth your mouth worse than Captain Crunch. God damn. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they used to call that shit Captain Razor Blade. <laughs> you gotta let the milk soak in that shit before you start eating. Yeah, it. yeah. Cause it's like the it's weird. Like the crunch, like if you ever like this, you could hear the crunch deep inside your ears because it's like <laughs> I'm like my god, <laughs> this is intense. This is the most Captain Crunch is the most intense crunch you gonna get, man. Yeah, it don't get more cruncher than that. That could low key be a form of torture. Yeah, just eating like, cereal next to somebody's ear. Where are the bombs? <laughs> <laughs> Not even that, that, but just making somebody eat raw Captain Crunch and it just tearing up. No the milk. Mouth. Yeah, it's like I'll tell you everything, man. <laughs> mouth all bleeding and shit. Blood coming out. <laughs> if you don't tell me where the fucking bombs is, I'm going to make you eat all those crunch berries in your mouth right now. You know that yellow crunch? That's the worst one. The yellow crunch is the most one to fuck your mouth up. I'm going to make you eat nothing but yellow Captain Crunch if you don't tell me where the fuck the bombs are. Where's the detonator? Where's the detonator, man? Oh, man. That was comedy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's one of the, hey, that's one of the um interrogation tactics. Yeah. Just put a, a fucking mouthful of dry Captain Crunch yeah. in this nigga's mouth. Yeah. And he gonna tell you what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> what happened on 9-11? <laughs> Take this goddamn Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Oh man. I remember you said back in the day, uh, we were talking about, we were saying something about uh like head could be a form of interrogation, interrogation <laughs> tactic. 
Cause like once you get sucked up and just all the nut come out you come out you, you just so weak. <laughs> so they can just suck you up and then be like, Where are the bombs? Oh, oh, I'll tell you everything. Oh, I'll tell you everything. Oh. <laughs> uh, just please make her stop, please. <laughs> just make it stop. Like after you oh, I got you. Yeah, after you bust, like you be super sensitive. It's like please stop. <laughs> nah, that for sure. <laughs> No, nah, what's crazy? We gotta is, come up with like that posting the clarity is a motherfucker. Oh, for sure. You busted nothing and be like, please leave my house. <laughs> How'd you get in here? <laughs> you be regretting everything. Like, oh my gosh, I just want a nut. I would just want my nut to go back in me. <laughs> Damn, that's graphic. Oh man. That's crazy. Oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know what the fuck we was talking about Ooh, now. The subject, I forgot. Yeah, platonic partners. Not, oh, okay. a, not a whole lot to say. Uh, basically, from what you get, me and Keith don't really understand what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the platonic friendship element of it, but I think that men, women, everybody listening to this podcast would agree that they need to be fucking. <laughs> like, you, you got to, like, especially if your wife is going through a tough time at work. Mm. You know, things are going on. <clears throat> Women, they, they'll they be like, ugh, sex, or make these little backhanded statements. If you wake a woman up and y'all chilling and y'all doing it in the morning before work, I guarantee you she might forget to drink the goddamn coffee. Oh, that's going to wake her up. She's going to walk right out the motherfucking door. Mm-hmm. She's going to have a shirt on backwards and shit. It's supposed to say Quicksilver in the front, but it's flipped around the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, she's going to be texting you all day, telling you how much she love you. Yep. She was like, oh, my God, I made you something for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I made you your favorite al- a chicken Alfredo. You'd be like, With oh, almonds well, in it. It's little bitty almonds in it. You'd be thinking, like, I don't want them goddamn almonds. <laughs> little bitty almonds. Little bitty fucking almonds on there. <laughs> That's comedy. They, when she make you that Alfredo, like, just for the almonds, I'm not giving her no dick no more. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, I told you, stop putting almonds in the goddamn. St- All right, daddy, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, <laughs> parents, uh, they sued TikTok uh, because their their daughter passed away due to the blackout challenge. This is just terrible. That's sad. It's a terrible story, man. I don't want to harp on this too long. Uh, we'll drop some points. We'll be wrapping this up here soon. Um, after this one, we'll do one more and close it. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, uh, unfortunately, um, a young lady passed away. Uh, due to the blackout challenge on social media. Um, a Wisconsin family is suing TikTok after their nine-year-old daughter died attempting the so-called blackout challenge popularized on social media. Ariane Jaylene Arroyo died by asphyxiation on February 26, 2021. Now her family, along with uh, the parents of eight-year-old Leilani Walton of Texas, who also died of asphyxiation by strangulation on July 15, 2021, have come together with the social media victims law. <coughs> Cent- I didn't know they had this. The, the social media victims law center to file a lawsuit against TikTok on behalf of their daughters. Mm-hmm. This is not easy to wake up every day and know that your little girl is never coming back. Ariani's mother, Crystal Arroyo Roman, told the Good Morning America on Saturday, you're never going to hear her voice. You're never going to see her smile or hear her say, I love you. Ariani was everything to her family. Her mother said 
Uh, she was so intelligent and stylish, little diva who loved doing nails, dancing, and would give the coat off her back to those she loved. Like many children across the country, she also enjoyed following social media trends, including food challenges and learning new dances. Um, we just never thought that there was a darker side to what TikTok allows on this platform, Roman mm-hmm. says. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing, and this is the very unfortunate truth. The unfortunate truth is this is uh, not solely TikTok's fault, mm-hmm. and it's not solely the parents' fault. But I think that as a parent, when you lose a child that you care about, you're gonna you're gonna be very um, you're going you're going to attack anyone because your child is dead. Yeah, and you're looking for some answers. You're looking for some answers, and you lost your baby, and mm-hmm. and and it's it's a terrible story. But let's be honest here. There are some people that are chastising the parents saying, I mean, why is your nine-year-old daughter doing TikTok trends? You should be the number one influence over your child's life. They would have never been on TikTok if that was the case. That's a lie. There are parents that are great parents, and and it doesn't matter because if we want to be honest, Ice Cube is a lot cooler than your dad. Tupac is a lot cooler than your dad. And even though your dad has influence on you, you like what Tupac says and what he does. Yeah. You're wearing those jeans because you've seen Tupac wearing them, not your dad. Mm-hmm. So when we, you grow up in a culture that they all decide that this thing or this person is cool, you gravitate to those things. Like if I reference myself, let's go back to the 90s. Remember Criss Cross had their pants on backwards? Mm-hmm. I tried to do that shit. My dad was like, you going to put your fucking pants back on the right way? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> But you think it's cool because you see them doing it, man. And if you got all of us got that big cousin we love the most, like he's our favorite cousin. Mm-hmm. He or she is our favorite cousin. And you see them doing stuff and they might be about three or four years older than you. And you start following the same trends they following. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you go on TikTok and you see people choke, like choking themselves out and falling down <clears throat> there, it's not viral that people are dying. You see everybody falling down, but they're getting back up. But you yeah. don't realize that. You're just a baby. You're nine years old, and you're overdoing it. You don't know the limits of your own body yet. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's really fucked up, man. I, I just think that we live in a time and that a lot of platforms and individuals have more of an influence than you would think on us. Like, you know, our parents think that they know us inside out. You know, I, I didn't curse at home when I was a little kid, but when I went to school, I was cursing like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Still do. Yep, sure I am. And the, and the kids didn't, I mean, look, y- your parents ain't going to know that. There's some parents that are like, my daughter tells me everything. My daughter tells me everything. She would never do anything without telling me. No, you didn't know that your daughter was giving head last night? Mm-hmm. You didn't know that, did you? That your 17-year-old daughter was, was lost her virginity as a freshman in high school? You didn't know that, did you? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like, if you really want to know, just look at yourself. Look at all the things you hid from your own parents. Yeah. You know how many people smoked weed and their parents didn't know they smoked weed? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bunch of shit that people hide. And and this girl going on TikTok at nine years old is no different. She's not. That kid is old enough to not tell her parents, hey, I'm going to go choke myself out till I pass out, mom. Mm-hmm. She probably knows that her parents would not approve of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so many different variables involved with this conversation. It's just sad that she lost her life. Yeah. It, it's it's the the you're right that I think that um, it's not even it's not even real to think that uh, parents are in the know a hundred percent of the time. Even now, like I, I have a few people around me that have 
um, like baby babies, like, you know, 10 months, four months, five months, like um, somewhere in there. And part of like being able to cope as a parent is using uh, technology. And, you know, sometimes that's YouTube, sometimes that's Netflix, sometimes it's, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, So there's an element of whatever um, kids show that's raising, you know, the children as well. Um, So when it comes to this situation, I when I was around that's this girl's age, you know, 10, 11. Right. Nine, somewhere in there. He's playing with Bay, uh, Beyblades. No, I was doing the blackout challenge. Oh, fuck. That's right. You were telling me. We were, um, you know, I, I can remember vividly being like in my uh, in my uncle's rooms. And um, we were like, and I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what the, like the, this new version of it looks like. I, I have an idea of what it looks like. But um, <clears throat> you stand up against the wall and somebody would like, press up against your neck until essentially you you like all the oxygen kind of left your body and then you would just faint and then you get back up and it was this kind it was kind of like a kind of like a high like you were almost on the verge of death and it it felt kind of weird but it's just like stupid kid stuff and 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 now um you know especially seeing that this little girl died like you realize how dangerous that was in the moment. You just a kid, and you're not even thinking about that stuff. Um, and I'm I'm almost a hundred percent positive. If I told my mom we were doing that, she would be like, "What? Y'all exactly. was in the room doing that? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and it was, and we're only, you know, we're in the room, and they probably in the kitchen, or they probably in the living room talking or whatever, and we still doing this in the in the back. So mm-hmm. it's like. Um, I don't even know, like, I'm not a parent and I don't even know what a parent could do in this situation because part of the world is raising your kid too. Like, it's not only you, you know, your kid is only around you so much, like, especially during the day one, you know, you dropping your kids off, they going to school seven, eight hours in a day, you working, you know, probably eight hours in a day and there might be some overlap or, or you may get off of work a little bit later than, you know, your kid getting out of school. So you only spend in, you know, probably quality time. You probably only get a got a good four, four or five hours um, from Monday to Friday of like quality time where right. you you talking to your kids and actually raising them. Um, and the rest of the time, they with other kids at school. Like we we, I got introduced to so many different things just by you know some of my friends, and some of it was good, some of it was bad. But that's just that's just how how the world works. And yeah. I think that um it's uh there's a there's an element of natural selection that that comes into play, it which is unfortunate to say. Um but um if I were to have died when I when I did this challenge, it would have just <clears throat> it would that like that's kind of like the same same uh thing that would it would have pointed to like I think I think now we think about we don't think about natural selection in the way we used to because um like people have like high conscious you know they're very conscious of of the world and we're just very intelligent people you know if if somebody gets shot they can go to the hospital stop the bleed stop the bleeding and they could probably survive and you know grow to live 80 years old or whatever the case may be but when you think about natural selection from, you know, the what is 
what is truly um, what the science really points to is like basically the strongest, most intelligent people are going to survive. And sometimes, um, you know, we could kind of get tricked into thinking that because we have doctors and science and all this stuff that we can live, you know, forever. But um, sometimes like the, the stupidity, um, I wouldn't say stupidity and that's, that may be disrespectful, but mm-hmm. but the immaturity um, in, in some of these things and even like back in the day with like the WWE like they had to really remind kids, like, "Hey, this is these are trained professionals. Yeah. You had to put the, the the thing in front of, um, in front of the uh, in front of the matches. Like, you know, these are trained professionals. Do not try this at home, because it was kids really doing the rock bottom and killing people and jumping off of houses yeah. and you know creating like arenas in their backyard with mattresses and stuff like that and really killing people. So I don't know. It's just it's like it's a uh, I don't know what the answer is in this situation, but it's, it's extreme, extremely important to be mindful of uh, what your kids are consuming. And I think, I think above all, like I, there's no, like you were saying, there's an element to it to where there are, um, there's things that we're always going to hide from our parents. But just having that open line of communication, because I think some, I think a lot of the previous generations um, of parents. Like our our parents, and especially their parents, there was no like vulnerability in in terms of like that relationship and the communication. So a lot of times, like we only communicating about the basic things, um, you know, your grades and you right. know, you know, uh, how was your first day of school and you know, or did you finish your homework? But not like the real stuff, like you know, when somebody breaks your heart or mm. you know, all this. You know, we never really get those conversations and you may learn that like, shit on the fly yeah you you just kind of experience in life and you mm-hmm. figuring it out but i think you know those parents that are able to have that type of communication with their kids i think i think there's a uh there's a better through line to where like I, you could prevent some of these crazy I think things that happening. us i think that <clears throat> us as millennials we are gonna have to be the ones we should have the best line of communication to to Gen Z than anyone. Yeah, me at thirty seven. Let's say I had a kid that was in high school and he was like sixteen, fifteen. Right. Mm-hmm. I would be best to communicate with him because him or her because we both grew up more alike than different. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you think about our parents' generation; they didn't grow up with hip hop. My dad didn't. You know, yeah. sixty three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, 64 now, but he didn't grow up with hip hop. I was the first one in my generation. So if I had a kid, that means we both grew up in the hip hop era. Mm-hmm. We both grew up with different influences, like tech, tech, technology wise and whatnot. So we have way more in common than not. We should be able to really communicate. Yeah. But the problem though is some people, some parents are so out of the loop that you're not going to recognize the shit that's going on with your kid. Because you're just so out of it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to notice all these challenges on TikTok. Hell, you don't even have a fucking TikTok account. Yeah, you're right. Because it's, I think, from from our parents on down, there was like this like disconnect. exponential yeah. uh, disconnect because of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, like my mom doesn't really know how to type. She don't know how to surf. Uh, she knows how to surf the web. But she probably can't utilize like technology in a way that I could. And yeah. just because of that, you can hide so much stuff. Exactly. You know? So. Mm-hmm. 
There's, there's some shit being hidden right under people's noses, man, and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And they say things like, I know my daughter, I know my kids. They would tell me, no, they're not telling you. Mm-hmm. They're not telling you that they've been sniffing coke for a couple months now. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it just, it's unfortunate, but I think that the only thing we could do is try to be more upon what's going on in the world. Don't be one of those old people, oh, TikTok, TikTok, it's trash. I don't listen to that. I don't do that. You better create a TikTok. Every app that your kids is on, you need to be on it. Yeah, you should be on there seeing what's going on. Yeah, and I'm not you you ain't even gotta go as far as checking their shit all the time. Just create an account so you can get a tone of what's going on on these platforms. Mm-hmm. If you go online on a Madden or whatever and you see people or, or online gaming and you say you see people talking about fuck you, fuck your mom, mm, fuck you guys, calling people N-words, you like, yo. Is my kid on this shit doing this shit? Yeah. Is he on the receiving end or is he the one dishing out that stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So you just get a better tone for mm-hmm. it once you see that. Mm-hmm. But our thoughts and prayers go out to that young lady, man. She never got a chance to, you know, to learn from that. Man, that sucks. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I've I've done the challenge. So I know exactly like how, you know, one false slip here, whatever the case may be, I could have been laid up. Yeah, you know, with my eyes rolled back in my head. So yeah, I don't want to turn this into satire or anything, but it's sad. Like, cause I think about women that want to get choked in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'd be afraid to really choke them out. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be trying to let up, and they'd be yeah. like, choke me harder. Yeah, and they'd be like, Oh my god, you almost killed me. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, some women you like to get choked too hard, and that's not okay, <laughs> fellas. If you ever have this problem, please make sure you call the choke hotline. <laughs> this C O H C H O K E. That's the real blackout challenge. What? Like a like a black man choking a girl while he's <laughs> having sex. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, black chokes matter. <laughs> oh my god, fucking choke me. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we're going to close it with this last topic. Um there has been an increase in two parent households. And I will get to that story right here. Son of a biscuit. I'm going to wrap this one up pretty quick, man. For sure, for sure. All right. God damn it. No, that's not it. Son of a bitch. Nope, that's not it either. See, I'm getting tired of this, man. This is just getting... That's that phone? No, it's not really the phone. I just... I didn't didn't put it in order the way it normally is. Mm-hmm. All right, um, increase in two-parent households. Two-parent households are on the rise. Um, For the first time in years, the number of two-parent households hit 70% according to the U.S. Census. As family structures have changed and become more inclusive, uh, the number of two-parent households have been decreasing over time. But the slight reversal may be tied to a downturn in the economy. Um, it's expensive to raise a child. According to the USDA, a middle in, a middle income married couple as is expected to spend $233,000 to raise a child up to 17 years old. Many parents can't afford to do it alone. Okay, read more. There has been a slight reversal in recent years towards more kids being raised by two parents. Said a professor, Brad Wilcox, a science a sociologist from the University of Virginia. According to Wilcox, the upward trend in two-parent households started during the Great Recession. Americans had Americans have kind of realized at some level that having a stable family and having a marriage as an anchor for them 
and for their kid is particularly crucial in the day and age when there's so much financial instability, Wilcox says. In 1968, 85% of the children under 18 live with two parents, uh, regardless of marital status. By 2005, that number dipped to 67%. Wilcox says the largest increase was among African-American families. Black love. Nice. Well, that's, that's beautiful. He didn't say that part at the end. I just put that in there. <laughs> um, uh, let's, be, let's be clear here. I think one of the most... I think one of the worst things that people can say, I've heard women say this, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. I don't need no man. And here's the pushback. I'm not saying you need a man, but let's listen up very closely here. When you say you don't need a man, that's not an empowering statement, first of all. Second of all, um, you needed a man that night that you needed some sexual healing, okay? So... Um, <laughs> when I get that feeling So yeah you, you got some sexual healing from him But you, you needed him for that But you don't need him to be a father I think that you I think that's not a It's not very great uh, stance to have mm-hmm. um, Also I'll say that it's important To have a two parent household Because um, You need to offset the testosterone in the house And offset the, 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 the estrogen not just from a financial standpoint, but when you got too much testosterone in the house, sometimes it's not best for the kids. You know, you'll be getting, there was times when I was coming up where, you know, my dad will be mad at something and you'll be getting disciplined for it. When in actuality, all I needed was a fucking hug in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so growing up with a single father, you see that how crucial it is to have a woman in the household. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, it's unfortunate my mother had mental health issues and eventually she, she, you know, she left and that's a whole nother story. Um, but the thing about it is, is yeah, as I got older as a man, um, I was affected by this. I was affected by this because, you know, women and mothers more specifically, you learn how to be softer at times. Right. And when you start dating women as you get older, you start learning from the women you date how to be softer. And it's really not a woman's job to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn through trial and error and um, you just learn on the fly. And I think that it would be a lot better to have a woman in a household to teach you those things. And I think it's important because single mothers tend to over nurture. They over nurture young men and those men grow up and they are always in their feelings. Sometimes you need a man in a household to offset all that goddamn estrogen. Mm-hmm. OK, sometimes you need a man to say, hey, babe, leave it alone. I got him right to take your son, you know, to 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 actually have real world conversations with your daughter. You need a strong male figure. I think a woman and male figure are important, but it's also important from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. When you say I don't need a man, but then you still need food stamps from the government because y- your income is getting wiped out by all the fucking bills. Uh, I'm not saying you need a man, but one would be nice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be nice. It's it's uh, the thing for me is like it's it's so expensive to live nowadays. Yeah. Like we talked about how you got to have three times the rent to get an apartment. Yes. Um. Gas is super high right now. Like, yeah. like I said, I just spent a hundred dollars on gas today. Ridiculous. Um, everything is just skyrocketing. Interest rates on mortgages and all these different things. Like it's just so expensive to live life now that um 
I, the thing that sucks is like I, I would hope that love is keeping people together, but you know, in terms of this, in terms of this situation, it just sound like we need we need each other because you know we can't afford to live on our own. But either way, like like you said, like a two a two parent household is um, the ideal space for any uh, any kid to, to 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 thrive in. And, you know, the statistics support, you know, what that looks like. And even in your personal life, you could see it. You could see the guy that um, was raised by their mom and, you know, how the daddy issues are uh, matriculated into gangs. And, right. You know what I mean? And uh, being abusive to their their partners and all these different things. But, um, yeah, just above all, it's just so expensive to live, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes, like, especially – with uh, the past two years and what and what that looked like as far as you know the, the beginning of COVID, where it might have been a situation where one of the uh, people in a relationship was a nurse and the other person mm-hmm. was working at a, a a job that where they got laid off, right? And um, you kind of need you need that balance or yes, you, you needed that balance in that time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously unemployment was helping people 100%. out. hundred percent. You know, if you had a certain your bills was at a certain level that unemployment wasn't doing it for you. Yep. So um, I just think like, you know, this is a, this is a situation where they're pointing to it saying that it's, it's, it's almost out of necessity. But um, I think people should make the, the decision to, to try to keep that household together because we not, you know, obviously financially, like you could just do so much more. If you, if you and your girl are on one accord thank you and y'all like, yo, let's put our money together. Let's go buy some properties. Let's go have a vacation. Let's go have the best wedding we can have all all these different things. Mm -hmm. Like you could just bust it down the middle or it doesn't necessarily have to be the middle, but you know, y'all can put your money together like and I mentioned it before. Like I have a cousin who's who does very good for himself, and he's a um, he's a lineman, and um, his wife still works. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And he he, the kids are at a, at an age now to where they're go- starting to go to preschool and and stuff like that. So they're gone the majority of the day. Um, but just that supplemental income, like no matter how little or big it is, like it it it, it helps out. You know what I mean? Maybe she, I don't know what the bills look like in a household, but maybe she busting down the, the PG&E, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, buying groceries. And that's just her, yeah. that's her thing. And he could pay for the mortgage and all these other things. So There's so many reasons why being, I mean, love is important too, right? You know, you, you want to show, have a loving household and, you know, be an example or a beacon of hope to your own kids to show like, hey. Um, I love your mom. I treat your mom with respect. You know, I value her, you know, and that can help your kids relationships. If you got a bunch of single parent households and I'm not shitting on the single parents, I just need you to understand these are real world situations. Also, here's another one. Imagine, you know, you got, you know, got your lady, y'all married or that's your girlfriend and she's pregnant, right? And she's pregnant, but when she decides to take leave and she's at home she can relax knowing she got a man that can handle all the bills. Holding it down. She can relax knowing she got... And women can say, like, oh, I don't need a man. But when you pregnant as a motherfucker and you have that baby and you got to have a baby and go right back to work, I don't think women are happy when that happens. Oh, they, for sure. They're not happy when it happens. When they got a man that can pay for those bills, they are okay with that. And as a man, if 
I have a girl and she's pregnant and she has the baby. I don't want her to go to work right away. I want her to relax. She yeah. just she just granted me the best gift, the highest praise that you can have is making me a father. Mm-hmm. So she can go home and relax. That's my lady. That's my kids. I'll pay all the bills. I don't give a fuck. Build right? a relationship with the baby. Yeah. I mean, look, one of us got to build a relationship. If I'm paying the bills and I'm at work most of the time, then my lady could raise the kid. Mm-hmm. And I and when I'm off, I'm obviously helping her with the duties around the house and with the baby and all of that. But it's really fucked up when a woman is single and says, I don't need no man. And they got to go right back to fucking work after they had a baby. Because mm-hmm. if they don't go to work, then it's going to be a problem. So I, child care. Like, yeah. I was watching the baby when you were at work. Bro, I'm going to keep it a buck. Especially, you know, having the, the, the foresight to be like, you know, um, I want to have these type of finances when I have a kid. If it's up to you, at least. Um, like, hey, man, if you want to, like, not work and raise the child and like find a, I would just say find a side hustle that don't require too much you know mm-hmm. like just get like a side hustle let's say you do nails or something mm-hmm. you know let's say you do something like that let's say you you do like part time esthetician work or something that's cool mm-hmm. you know and cause sell some items on Etsy or sell something. some items on Etsy sell some mm-hmm. shit online or something but mm-hmm. like like our kids like need to see you know, a household that's pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, they really need to know their mom, you know, instead of like, what's the point of what's the point of having your girl and then she gets pregnant and then y'all got to take them to the babysitter, which is costing you even more money. I would just have my lady do it, mm-hmm. you know, pay, pay for what I got to pay for and move on. <clears throat> but you only get that convenience when you have a two parent household. That's a real decision. Um, this is yeah. Like a side note. Like, the paying for the babysitter versus like having my wife stay at home and watch the kids. Yeah. Cause sometimes if your wife ain't making that much money, it's more cost effective to have her be the babysitter, I guess. Yeah, but it's like, not yeah. only cost effective, it's more life effective. Oh yeah, for sure. I need my child not seeing different faces every goddamn day. Yeah. Like that's mom, I'm dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Some hot teenager or whatever that's you know, worried about boys and not paying attention. Right. To the Some kid. girl that just turned 18 is like, sir, I want your cock. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm all drained out. Yeah. My wife, she, she sucked it all out. Of <laughs> she sucked it all out. Of <laughs> I don't got no nut left. Now leave my house <laughs> and stop putting those goddamn almonds in this fucking <laughs> chicken Alfredo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot, man. It, it's a lot. I, I think, um, the two parent household thing is is I think it's a good thing, man. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm a product of it. You know, I had two parents, you know, and then became a single parent household. Mm-hmm. And in my formidable years, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, adolescent, whatever you call it, um, mm-hmm. I needed my mom. Mm-hmm. I, I say that as a young man that I needed my mom a lot. Yeah. And you know, um, I think that it's important to have both parents there. I think that as adults, we should strongly consider this. You know, when we out here just out here just fucking with no real direction and then we got the nerve to say we don't need nobody you know i think that we should really think about the kids man and if you yeah. and if the if the father ain't around can you find a good example of a father at least and then like like have a structured home yeah cuz it's just it's it's setting up it's not setting the best example i'm just got i got to be honest i'm not it doesn't always work out that way sometimes people get married you know and then they get a divorce and they end up single i get that I understand that. 
But if you just out here fucking getting pregnant, you're setting a bad example. Mm-hmm. You are. You are. And I know people don't like hearing shit like this, but you setting a bad example, man. Mm-hmm. You just you was going to the club, you was fucking different people, and now, you know, y'all got a kid. Mm-hmm. And y'all don't got y'all don't even like each other. Mm-hmm. But y'all was fucking. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. If I know, if I look, first of all, I've had some sex with women that I, I didn't necessarily trust the most. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, there was a condom. Uh, there's this thing called a condom. Yeah, and I used it. Got to use a condom. Got to use it, and they work. Yeah, and it still feels good. You know, well, it depends on the condom you get. Yeah, they, they got the new 2022 condoms. That motherfucker's so thin, you got to keep checking your dick to make sure you got a condom yeah. on. Like, am I, am I raw? Like, oh my god! And then when you got a black penis and it's pretty, pretty black, <laughs> you're like, oh fuck, the condom's not on. <laughs> You're like Jesus Christ! It's one of those those see through condoms. What do you call it? Not translucent, transparent. It's yeah, like those translucent, same thing. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a well, the condom, and then once you get ultra thin, then once you get a little condensation on there, and it like it like uh, uh it's like a, a bag, like it just sucks on to mm-hmm. to to your to your glizzy. Now yeah. you just like yo, what the fuck? The only way you can tell the condoms on is the fucking tip with the fucking uh the nipple at the end. Yeah. You'd be like, geez. The little nipple. <laughs> the little nipple. baby bottle. The what? The baby bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out Crazy. to whoever created condoms, man. <laughs> we need them, man. We need them bad, man. Oh, for sure. That's real. We need them, we needed them more than COVID masks. Oh, for sure. Back in the day, our, our grandparents didn't have them. That's why they had nine kids. Oh, my gosh. They was just busting nuts, man. Uh, yeah, that's that's wild to think about. Like, yeah, and I'm sure the the amount of STDs was probably a little bit less. Oh, way less back, back in the day. But um, now that you know people people having uh like uh, platonic marriages and stuff is different. You got to wear a condom. Yeah, man, that should be wild, man. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, all they did they went to civil rights um, civil rights um, uh, uh, activists mm-hmm. protests and uh, they had unprotected sex. Man, that's all it was. Yep. That's all it was, just uh, Martin Luther King and Unprotected Sex. <laughs> I have a dream a- that someday we won't have to use no condoms <laughs> no more. I'm so tired of using condoms with Coretta Scott. I'm so tired of almonds in my fettuccine. <laughs> <laughs> all these goddamn almonds in my fettuccine. <laughs> these white folks is oppressing us again. <laughs> I don't need to taste the crunch in my cereal when I'm eating Captain Crunch. The roof of my mouth is cut up so bad. I'm tired of eating all this hairy pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, shave your shave your crotch. <laughs> you got more bush than Vietnam down there. <laughs> oh no. George W. Bush ain't even alive yet, but your bush is hairy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we gotta cut this podcast off. This is getting ridiculous, man. Once you start resorting to making fun of Martin Luther King, you're starting to shut this shit down. I gotta make an executive decision here. This has gotta stop. Yeah, dude. Oh man. If you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you for listening. Especially with this Martin Luther King shit. <laughs> hmm. Uh, oh, I forgot the outro. <laughs> you made it to the, the podcast, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fiends. That pussy wet as fuck. <laughs> we out of here. Peace. Peace.